show stopped. <laughs> Ready right. to go. We're recording. Shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> go on, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with another edition of the Monkey Sword Fight Podcast. I'm your host today, Mike Dots. No Jordan Patrick today. What's with Dots? Oh, we're going straight in. Yeah. All right. Words with Dots. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. I saw that on a really cool Denzel Washington video. They pieced together a whole bunch of things where he was speaking at uh, graduations. And I saw that and I was like, God damn it, I want to be good at something right now. Don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to be good at something right now because of Denzel Washington. A lot of the words with Dots the last few weeks, uh, I've had that kind of running theme. Yeah. Just, just like, get off your ass and do it. I know. Don't talk about doing it. Just fucking do it. It's yeah. after your motivational speak a few weeks back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, I'm Andy Mack. What's happening? I was on getting there. Andy Mack on the ones and twos. We're also joined by Ali Mackay. Sup? He didn't bail on us this time after last time? No, man. I was sick last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, Ali's going to come kick it with us for a while. No Jordan Patrick this week. Uh, do you want to explain why? He's yeah. soft. <laughs> guy's weak. Says he's got a he's got an upset stomach. His tummy hurts. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to be sick day in his bed. Yeah, Jordan's not feeling. We'll get well soon. Jordan's got a weak immune system. Uh, that's what mm-hmm. I I put it down to. He's not really. He doesn't put up with colds very well. I thought it was because I was here on my Rangers fan. Oh, I was gonna say yeah, that too. Yeah, we can't have a, we can't have a Rangers supporter and him sitting in here. When Dave came. You're the second person from the place that shall not be mentioned to be on this podcast. Oh yeah, I've noticed that. Um, <laughs> actually, no. Um, what's his name? Works the. Dougie works there too, doesn't he? Yeah, Murray Ged was on as well. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, that's a lie. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> bullshit, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of people from the place that will not but, be named. You know, but when Dave was here, from, he was, uh, <laughs> beep, beep. I just want to say it so we can beep it out. <laughs> All right, beep go. It out. Uh, so um, when Dave was on, he was very quiet. He didn't say much. So you're gonna have to stick up. We, I want a lot of pro Rangers talk today. I mean, I, I can do that. No problem Please at all. Please do. When we're getting to sports, because I only put because I've been catching up and I've been listening to Jordan bitching for a while, like so. <laughs> Just looking just, forward to bantering. Sorry, Andy. No, no, I was just going to say, I'd rather you didn't go like all in on the Rangers talking that night. But it would maybe provide some balance to our listeners who are so used to having it from one side. Well, balance one episode yeah, yeah, out of, what, 60-something? Fair City Jiu-Jitsu, sponsors of today's show. Pressure's only dedicated Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tra- training facility offers classes suitable for experience levels, all experience levels, excuse me, seven days a week. Everyone's welcome. Come in, get fit, enjoy being part of a team, and learn something new. And the first session is for free. Free at Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. So uh, you can contact them on Facebook, Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. And uh, you can ask some questions. They'll be happy. Yeah, we had on Nate Black. Nate last week. very One of our most listened to episodes. Nate's numbers were crazy. So shout out to, to Nate and all the guys at Fair City because like when we've had Steve and that on before, like their numbers have just been absolutely like mental. That first day just goes wild. So shout out to the guys at Fair City Jiu Jitsu. Nice. All right. So we got any feedback? Yeah, it's roasting in here. Any feedback at all? I'm gonna check the Facebook page. I've not had any Direct feedback. Oh, this is from Chris Castor from yeah. Facebook. Hi, mate. Cracking show as ever. I'm, I'm turning into a proper fucking fanboy, which I like to hear. A mm-hmm. couple of bra or nas. 
Uh, so we'll add that on there. Also, a to- uh, brought in ours was cold takeaway pizza for breakfast and folk having a full-blown conversation while on the shitter. <laughs> mm, those are good. Uh, also, a top three. Uh, what are your top three MSF episodes? Monkey Swear Fight episodes. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. We've still got a top three from last week, so that one will get slid into next week just in time for Jordan coming back, eh? Bra. How was your week so far? We'll start with you, Andy Mack. Busy, busy. Uh, just finished up with the Blair Gowrie students today, though. Yeah. So that was uh, uh, Blair Gowrie High. I was working it for a few weeks, which was uh, an interesting experience. Well, how was that? Eventful. <laughs> Did you get uh, swung at it all or <laughs> no, chibbed? Mate, kind of hit what you kind of see, eh? Oh, no. <laughs> <Dodged>. <laughs> no uh, in all fairness, no, nah, the, the, the students of that were pretty cool, man. Um, I'm not sure a huge amount of them had any sort of desire to do sound engineering and that kind of stuff but uh, just tried to make the sessions as engaging as possible and I think they left today I was just kind of thinking to myself do you know what you guys will be sitting in fucking some STEM session aeronautical engineering or some shit for the next six weeks and you'll be sitting there going fuck I wish I was in that class yeah Macapella yo (laughs) so nah man it was good apart from that um, just buying loads of gear mate as I'm sure anyone who follows my Instagram stories at Macapella, by the way. Yeah. Uh, anyone that follows that, I'll see. I've just been spending all my money on mics. I saw you flipping out your your knife there to cut the boxes open to get all your gear out. That's a nice lock box. I thought, that, eh? I thought you, yeah, it is. I thought you were gonna bring those mics here. I want to have one of the mics that hangs from the steel, and so I could be like a professional. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get, well, like, no, I'm just joking. Of, I know you don't want to use your good <laughs> shit on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's it's not that. Like, but what I do want to get is uh, anyone that watches the Joe Rogan podcast will notice a lot of these podcasts have a very similar kind of quite a distinctive kind of mic it's called yeah. the Shure SM7B so I'm um, uh, just a way to pick up one of them but they're like 350 quid a piece so it's you don't want us to break them is that what you're no, saying no it's fine if you, want, if you want to use one it's no, not pocket change it's not no, the moral change. of the story is if you want to use one buy your own one oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm only like that Mike <laughs> you said Ace Ventura there I'm not sorry Joe Rogan who talked about Ace Ventura so I'm going to tap, tap touch on that in a minute Ali how was your week so far Decent man, decent. Try fat burger last week. Oh, how was Just it? Open up and done. It was tasty. How was busy. the? How oh was it busy? Mm, yeah, like scorching. Yeah, kept going. What did you get? I got a double burger, double quarter pounder or something. Like that, fries What's, in it. What do they put on it? Like stock? Yeah, pff, everything. Oh, too much stuff for me. What's Gherkins, tomatoes, lettuce, let's, onions. Let's go right now. Let's go right now. Loads of shit. Loads good. of shit. But yeah. So uh, was it expensive? It's pricey, but most of them are. It's like five guys level pricing. It's one like those, 14 quid or something like that for a burger, fries, and a drink. One of those gourmet burgers. 14 pounds for a burger, fries, and drink. It's decent, though, man. That's yeah. actually not that bad compared to five guys. Five guys is a little bit more than that, I think, isn't it? It's like mm, 17 pounds. It's like, to 20. What's our vegan menu like? Fuck knows, oh. fuck cares. <laughs> How are you holding up with that? Oh, have you not started yet? No, no. it's not till the 1st of February. What's this okay. today? This is the 29th. So oh, I start what's on. Coming? Yeah, I start on Friday. So. I think I'm just going to go absolutely mad. Uh, just have like a, a pepperoni passion from Domino's for breakfast. Uh, was this idea for my tea? <laughs> was uh, you buying all this equipment? Was this like you having an excuse to not have any money for any vegan food coming up? It's kind of like, oh, I spent all my money on fucking uh, mics this week. Can't buy fucking sausages from Linda McCartney. Mike, I'd never actually thought of it like that. That's a, that's <laughs> this a really is you subliminally yeah, ruining your diet for much. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, though, just quickly. Um, I just I just came back from Mama Max there, yeah. and I was in about her Brexit cupboard. That's Brexit? Like, yeah, she's, okay. she has she has a laugh. She has this thing that's called her Brexit cupboard, because they keep telling you there'll be food shortages and that, but she's got this cupboard that's full of fucking... 
beans, pasta, fucking all, everything that you'd need to survive if... An apocalypse. Yeah, yeah basically. So I was in the other day. She's uh, been giving me tons of spices and beans and lentils and all sorts of shit. Yeah. So that basically all I need to do is uh, grab corn mints or corn fucking fake chicken or whatever like that mm-hmm. and just get fucking cracking on. She's like, you don't have enough spices. I'm like, you want to see my fucking my spice drawer, man, my spice rack? <laughs> it's off go, a man. chain, man. Didn't he tell way. me? But she's like, she's like, that's a big secret where just loads and loads of spices in your food uh, with the vegan stuff, particularly with the fake meats and all that to give it yeah, some, no, definitely. some life. So definitely. yeah, it was just there raiding the cupboard. So shout out Mama Mac. What's your go-to spice? Like, what what do you what can you put on anything that it's like? All right, um, this is gonna taste better because I put this on it. Chili, chili, yeah, man, chili flakes. All right, definitely. Smoked paprika powder, maybe. Oh yes, Ooh, definitely. That is good. It's one of my favorites. I like garlic. I like garlic. Yeah. yeah, garlic, garlic salt as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw that in there. That mm-hmm. makes everything taste good. Bit of cumin. Oh, bit of warmth about it. Mm. It's not smack. Anything, anything in the face is chili. Anything with tomatoes in it or anything like that, you've got to get it pumped full of oregano as well. Sorry, oregano. Oregano. <laughs> oregano. Oregon's a state, a city. Um, get some basil. Yeah, so going back to what you were talking about, Joe Rogan, did you see that? I don't know if I put it in our chat about uh, him saying, he was kind of half joking about how Ace Ventura was transphobic. Because at the end, when they rip off Mr. Winky, when he pulls yeah. her pants down and his little penis tucked in the back. Is it transphobic or uh, well? Would it be considered transphobic now? I guess the answer to that is yes, because like, now it would be afraid. Yeah, yeah. But is is that offensive? Do we deem that offensive? No, no it shouldn't be. But somebody will be offended by it. I'm sure. Well, this is a chat that I was having with some of my friends, and they were like, "It's not offensive because like people try to force things on you that aren't your um, your preference. Mm-hmm. So some may have a preference for blondes or brunettes." And if someone's preference is to not be with someone who was once of the opposite sex, is, is that not considered a preference? And you're a bigot if you don't like that. And I was like, mm, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to push that on me. But I think Joe Rogan was a bit, he was going on with it because he's not Mr. PC either. He likes to, to jump in there and mix it up with the, the PC gang. He's been going down, I think I said this a few weeks ago, he has been going down in my estimations a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Why? Just, I don't know, he just seems to be... Remember I was talking about the whole UFC and the doping thing when they had, uh, what's oh, the name, yeah. Nowitzki and all that on. It's just like, oh, you're just a, a corporate show, man. You know it, man. You know it. Ever since the Mike Tyson... Did you see the Mike Tyson interview, Ali? I think I saw some of this on Facebook. It was just a total snooze, and I was like, I don't know. Do we think Kanye's going to be that disappointing? No, I don't. Because Kanye's never disappointing. That's the thing. Because he's always got something controversial to say. Yeah, something stupid so, to something, say. Too. Yeah. <laughs> he's only just realized that Trump's a jackass. Yeah. I mean, it took him long enough. So uh, I don't think that is going to, that's not going to disappoint. And I think Joe will call him out on some of his bullshit, too. I hope so. Yeah. So I hope so. Uh, I've also still been uh, planning this stag do. What's the latest? It's not fun. It's not fun, mate. I'm it's in the same fun. boat right now. So I got—I thought I was all organized. I told you guys last time I got my spreadsheet and I divided everything <laughs> by the amount of people there. And I actually spent like the first week including the stag in that. I don't know if I said that last time. So I was like, oh shit. So now everyone's a bit more. You can't charge the stag to stay and, and go out to dinner and do all that shit. You know, you got to take them out. No, I know. You can't. But. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I'm, I'm finally starting to get some money rolling in. It was payday. So people started paying. Then I... Two days ago, I had two people send me an email 
I'm like, oh, here you go. Here's the money for it. And it's short. They're like, oh, we're not staying in the hotel. I was like, well, okay. You're not staying outside? No, I guess maybe they're going to stay nearby just to save a couple of pounds, which is fine if you told me before I booked the rooms. So now that's going to affect all the other people. So I've just emailed back the hotel. Did you check with all the guys, first of all, that they were all happy for you to book the accommodation as well, though? They knew what we were doing ahead of time. I, I let them know what we were doing. I let them know what the costs were per person. And would you not assume that those costs would go up if you were to pull your money out of that? If I said it's 100 pounds per man to do X, Y, and Z for this day, and if you don't pay a certain portion of that, don't you, wouldn't you just say, isn't it common sense that it's going to go up? Or oh, yeah. no? No, no. Because I, I, and I'm genuinely asking, because I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I, I would have thought, like, I would have asked. I would have been like, is this going to affect something else if I don't stay at the hotel? Because. Nah, see, I wouldn't ask that, but what I would have been looking at would have been straight up. Like, if I'm giving you £250 for this stagger, what exactly am I getting for my money? Yeah. Okay, so you're booking the hotel, so I'll have some place to stay. Da, da, yeah. da, da, da. Great. If at that point I was like, I'm the one you to book the hotel, I would have said, Ken, what, Mike? That's fine. I'm cool with all that, but let me book my own accommodation. Okay. And you, that problem wouldn't have arisen. But then yeah. that depends. Did you then sit down and explicitly say to them, look, this, I'm booking your hotel, da, 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 or not? No, I didn't say all that. That's I've got this minefield coming up, man. Honestly, are you planning one too? Alan? I'm planning one too for my mate who's getting married later on this year. And he doesn't agree with me, so we're just going to talk to you now, Ali. Uh, so uh, where, cool, where I'll catch you? Later. <laughs> do, you want to just, do you want to just finish this up and edit the night, Mike? No. So where where is your stag going? Well, well, it was going to be in Portugal. Okay, but there was a lot of fucking radio silence mm-hmm. on that front, and then yes. I, then I Same threw problem. out the idea, like cause I thought well, these guys not getting his messages. What's going on? And then I threw out the idea of maybe doing something in this country, and suddenly the group chat has just lit it up. So, so it's come to life now. So where are you going to go? I think we're going to Liverpool. Okay. Been there before. It's decent, yeah. decent city to go to for a snag How many guys you got going? I think there's about 10 or 15 of us. Okay. But again, it's down to people actually fucking replying to the messages. I help know. A lot. What's the, why do people do that? It's like, we're, I'm trying to include you in something here, and it's like... Uh, we're not going to talk to you on Facebook. I mean, it's not for me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's for a mutual hey, friend. You don't want to go do um, the fun <laughs> activities and go eat the nice steak that we're getting all organized for you? Then fine, don't come. Some people just didn't want to spend money or some people really begrudge like spending the money. Granted, man, but at least say, Ken, what, I've not got the cash right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there was one guy who basically read the messages, you know, like on WhatsApp, it comes up with the old blue ticks. Yeah. Sound, everybody's read this. Sweet. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm going to get some feedback here. <laughs> Nothing. Nope. And then the next minute, so-and-so has left the group. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fucking dick. He could at least <laughs> say something. You know what I mean? Sorry, I can't make it. Time's not work out. I've got kids, you know what I mean? Whatever. Just give me something. Give me some kind of feedback. Nothing. Yeah. Left. Silent. I was like, all right, bye then. The courtesy, I think, is at least a reply. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. You can't, like, leave your group chat all like leaving the guy organizer just fucking hanging just that's brutal he never even acknowledged the message and said nothing before he left so i was like come on man What's his name we'll deal with him <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort him out we'll name and shame on the podcast yeah see my situation was a little different because i set up a uh a facebook event so okay. i had to e- invite people and then they could decline or accept so okay. a lot of people accepted and there were four people that declined but two of which are going so they didn't want to see all the bullshit but they wanted to they, want, they still want to go, which is fine. As long as you communicate with me in some way, it's fine. So I'm posting these messages. I, you know, I work in social media, so I'm trying to get people engaged naturally. That's what I do. It's in my blood. 
So I'm trying to get people. To, <laughs> I'm trying to get people to uh, to engage with the post. I'm like, hey, like this post if you've seen it because I don't know if you've seen this, and I don't want it to get to yeah, March first. Give, give me something. Yeah, I don't want to get to March first, and everyone's like, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> so um, shout out to Ralph. Ralph listens. Um, he works over at the place that shall not be named either. And he was saying, you know, you're doing a good job trying to get everyone involved and blah, blah, blah. He's already paid his cut as well. Good so, man, Ralph. Um, I'm, on, I'm on three levels, all right, because not everybody's got WhatsApp. Yeah. Not everybody's on Facebook. And I'm trying to text folk. So it's tough. Yeah, man. Got to be organized, man. Got to be organized. I'm going to come to you for some advice on this. I'm going to get some spreadsheets and shit so together. The latest thing now, sorry, what are you going to say? I was just going to say, you're getting to the point where you're needing to literally go about and start calling people face-to-face and being like, look, I know, man. where's my money? <laughs> the problem is, I don't know half of these guys. Me neither. I don't know them. Like, I know my f- group friend, yeah. group of friends, but these are like additional folk that I don't know. It's all right, man. As long as your friend. pals are going, that's all that matters. Ah, that's the thing. Like, if, it did, if it didn't <laughs> affect the money... every five or six, I'll be sound. If it didn't affect the money, I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, oh, if, it's not my, if my money's not going up, the amount I have to pay is not going up, then that's fine. But my latest thing now is... I was going to take get everyone to get taxis from where we're going to the second place where we're going. It's a shooting range. We're going to do some clay pigeon shooting, right? So Decent. No, it looked like I was jerking off there, but I was <laughs> cocking a rifle. Sorry. Is that what it's you call it? It's not a rifle, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, actually, Ali. <laughs> you got a lot. Of, you, you don't go clay pigeon shooting with a rifle. What do you do? What do you you do? go with a shotgun. A shotgun. Okay. All right, there we go. I'm learning something today. You could have really struggled with a rifle, mate. <laughs> it's going to blow my shoulder out of the socket, isn't it? A shotgun will. You'll get used to it, man. Honestly, it's all right. Um, Hold tight to that big weapon. I know. I'm, I'm American. It's my blood to shoot shit, too. <laughs> so um, sure, we're right. going to do that. And I was like, let's just get taxis. It's 15 of us, but if we order taxis in advance, it'll be it'll be fine. So then when I put that, that's when people piped up. When there was an opportunity to shoot shit down, that's when people piped up. They were like, well, maybe we should organize travel. How are we getting back and forth? So then, which I didn't do at the time, I looked on Google Maps to see where we were going and how far I was from the hotel. And I was like, this could be like two hours away. And I didn't even look. But it was only, it was only like a half hour away, 15 minutes away. I was like, cool. So then I put a little poll up on the Facebook event and put little gifts on there too. A little, everything's moving around. I was like, what do you guys want? Do you want to do a cab or do you want to get the minibus? Everyone goes for the, chooses the minibus. I was like, all right, that's cool. So now I'm in the process of booking minibuses, calling all these places, trying to, trying to get people to... Um, to give me a good deal. But now I'm waiting for someone to bail out of that now. I'm waiting for someone to be like, no, nah, we're going to drive. Well, we'll meet you there. So I'll keep you updated. I'm stressed out. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, people people can be so flaky, can't they? Yeah. It's just like, come on to fuck, man. This is one of your best mates, and it's my job to organize it. Exactly. I've got my finger at my arse, and I'm doing all the heavy lifting here. The least you can fucking do is the courtesy of just acknowledging my message. And yeah, just exactly, saying, bro. Yeah. And look, then piss then piss me about either. Like I'm one of these guys. I'll be straight in there. I'll be like, look, I'm not interested in your Facebook page <laughs> and all that. No, no offense, Mike. No, this is just me speaking personally. No, I'm just go ahead, David. No, no. But like, I'm no bothering all that. I just want to know. Look, what date is it? How much does it cost? What am I getting for my money? How yeah. much do you think I'm going to need to spend on top of that? Yeah. Perfect. Right, I'm in or I'm out. One of yeah. my mates does that. Anytime we set up a group chat, he's just like text me another time and he leaves the group chat. <laughs> and you have to text him a week before and we're like, we're going to go out on Saturday. And he's like, sound. Cool. Because yeah. he doesn't want all the crap in between. Yeah, I can't deal with it. I've got enough yeah. crap popping up all the time with it. You know, group chats for something that's nine months away. I'm just like, I'm in. No, I know when it is, it's booked. So yeah, but you want to drum up some interest and get people excited about it. That's just me. I understand. People, no. people are different that way and that's fine. Uh, the same guy, the guy who I'm booking the stag for, right? He, when I, I met him and I was telling him about it, trying to get him hyped up for it. He is getting hyped up for it. But he also told me about an incident he had with his dog, right? 
So he was walking his dog. This is a couple months ago. And out of nowhere, two staffies came and, like, ripped his dog apart, basically. Oh, like, tore it up, right? So I had to go to the vet and blah, blah, blah. I had to get insurance. So um, when he told the insurance company what happened to the dog, and they, they asked for different records from his vet, and then they declined to pay out because they said that his dog was deemed uh, aggressive because they had to put a muzzle on it at the vet. So you know how sometimes you got to do stuff with your vet? You got to sometimes stick a thermometer in your dog's ass to take the temperature. And... That's not very nice. Very nice. I haven't had anything shoved up my ass, but I imagine if I did, uh, <laughs> I, I may yeah. need to be muzzled because yeah, I may yeah. be. <laughs> we all heard that before, Mike. But I, was, I felt it was a little unfair that you deem a dog aggressive because they had a muzzle, especially in the vet. It's not like it went out ripping other dogs apart like like it had done to her. Did it need a muzzle in the vet any time it was at the vet? No, this was after it just been mauled. No, 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 no. This was just uh, right. in the past. So this was this maybe like two or three years ago. It's insurance job. It's insurance company's job to do that though is to fucking no pay up. Insurance is a scam. Insurance man. is a scam. That, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And it, it, don't get me wrong, it was probably a lot of money. But that's why I have you there for. I have mm. you there so when shit goes wrong, you take care of it. I've probably paid you. He's probably paid them well over the amount of whatever Could it's going to cost. Could have bought a new dog probably with yeah. that at least. So he's he's not the type to let shit go. So he, <laughs> just get a new dog. Just, just buy a new dog. Bin the dog. Yeah. That's it. Sack it off. Get a new option. one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, just quickly, just as you're touching on insurance, um, I know what you're saying. I, I know how your mate feels there because uh, a couple of years ago, a, a knock from upstairs neighbor, mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, Andy, man, we've got, uh, you've got, we've got dry rot in our floor. So our tenant's been letting water pish in their bedroom window oh. and it's dry rotted all of our floor out. Yeah. Okay? So it needs to be repaired, which means the builders need to come into yours from underneath it and cut huge holes in your ceiling and Ooh. all that kind of stuff. So I phoned my insurance company. My mm -hmm. insurance company said they wouldn't cover me for it. Oh, that's terrible. Because it wasn't you that did it. Two and a half grand. No way. Wow. Two and a half grand. Well, that's what happens. I had to borrow money. I had, I had to get help with money off my mom now because I was just like, what the fuck am I going to do? I, yeah. I, I challenge anybody, you know, sitting listening to this podcast, uh, lucky you if you've got fucking two and a half grand sitting spare in your bank for a rainy day in case <laughs> something goes wrong. Because I, I, I sure as fuck don't. Um, and it's just like, man, it's just their job, isn't it? It's just to find any excuse not to pay out if they if they can avoid it. Well, fair enough with that because it wasn't you that did the damage. I don't know if it would cover... The insurance wouldn't cover me for it. Nobody was covered for it. That's for dry rot. Uh, the in my oh, in my flat, I live on the ground floor in, in my flat, and then the people who for on the the top, they were like, "Oh, something's wrong with the roof." But then everybody has to pay because the roof covers all of us. Yeah, basically. no, that makes sense. Everyone yeah. has to pay, and I was like, "I don't know. What what if they did something to that roof? I'm not saying they did. What if they did something to that roof? Now I got to come out of my pocket because maybe they lit up a fucking firework in the place and blew a hole in it. That's how it in works. the house. <laughs> they set off a firework. Okay. <laughs> maybe they did. Who knows? <laughs> That's how You're it raging alcoholics. Drains, wow. roofs. <laughs> it's all communal repairs, man. It's yeah. all split six ways. My old neighbor flooded my house twice. Oh, no. Yeah, twice. And twice we had to pay out, out of our own pocket to do the repairs. And then once the insurance company got the conclusion that she's a fucktard <laughs> and she'd done it twice, then they paid us the money back. But it's finding that initial money. They said to replace the ceiling or so, whatever else. But why can't she pay it out? Why can't her insurance pay for the whole thing, though? Because it had to be for... concluded and that had to be an investigation and it uh, takes months at a time. She tried to plumb in her own washing machine and shot herself across the kitchen <laughs> with the water pressure because she turned it the wrong way. So, yeah. I was like, can you hear water? Sitting downstairs, can you hear water? It's like, yeah. 
It's like, damn, it must be like heavy rain. That Looking out terrible. the window, not a cloud in the sky. Went up the stairs and there's just water like cascading down my bedroom wall through the doorways and everything. If I could give people one bit of advice in life, it would be if you can't avoid it, I know it's not always easy, but like if you're going to have the choice between buying a really small house or a really big flat, mm-hmm. buy the really small fucking house. Oh, wait, time out. That doesn't even matter. When you buy a house, shit just keeps going wrong and going wrong and going wrong. You may yeah, not but, have... Yeah, but then the, the, the flip side, though, is that you're not sitting there going, well, fuck's sake, this idiot next door. Like, I'm Very dealing true. just now the guy who's got the water pissing all into my garden. Yeah. Yeah, you've not got like a, somebody attached to you, like a semi-detached house. Yeah, you've that's somebody true. above you. you, know, you right, you're right, you're right. If, right. If, if the roof's fucked, it's your fault. If the drain's yeah. fucked, it's your fault. But I could wake up one day on the ground floor and my drains are all blocked and spewing up at the back because yeah. people above me are throwing fucking cotton buds and all sorts of yeah, shit. Yeah. Listen, mate, it's happened before. Yeah. The problems I've had because of my neighbours causing issues for me is probably why... Mm-hmm. You can. I'm losing my fucking hair, mate. <laughs> Don't fucking tell me about it. Stress of living in that house, man. You know what? Like, um, Connie actually had to get some of uh, like the roof done because like a panel fell off and like fell down. It was like cracked on the sidewalk. It could have landed on someone's fucking head. And we wouldn't have even known. Well, we wouldn't know when they would have. Ah! <laughs> but um, like roofers is one of those jobs where it's kind of like a mechanic where if shit goes wrong and they tell you it's wrong, you don't really know. Like yeah. I'm not climbing up on my roof to see what's going on. Like I was able to see that there was a panel missing, but he could have went up there and, and could have been like, oh yeah, there was a bee's nest up there. I had to get rid of that. I had to call the guy and to get the bees out. Uh, I had to get some aliens out of there. We had to kick them <laughs> out of here because send them back out of space. 15,000 pounds. And we would have been like, oh, I guess we got to fucking pay John the roofer. It's funny you say that. My mate that was just in there before we kicked off, he's a slater. Yeah. And he's like, half the time you'd be saying, for, look, this is fucked. And they go, no, I can't. It looks fine. He's like, yeah, but that, that's not how it works. Because <laughs> right. it looks okay and it looks nice doesn't mean that it's functioning properly. Yeah. It's like going to a doctor, you know what I mean? No, 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 like I feel all right. No, no, you're fucked. Totally trust me. <laughs> Ali, great segue. I got a good doctor one. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk more to why you're, about why you're here. So, uh, my, What's here for the crack? Yeah. <laughs> so um, for those who don't know, my sister passed away like, uh, time to get, sorry oh. to get grim. Sister passed away probably like 2009? I think it was. She had uh, blood cancer, right? I'm oh, sorry, Mike. I didn't know that. No, it's all right. No, it's fine. I didn't say that to get your sympathy. No, but uh, every now and then, because like certain traits run in our family, I go get my blood tested every six months. So I don't know if you guys have... Yeah, it's something to do. I don't know if you guys have this issue with your doctor, but I go to the doctor and they go, oh, we'll test your blood. If there's anything that, maybe not wrong, but if there's anything that we want to retest or do anything for, we'll give you within a week, 10 days, we'll call you. I'm like, cool. It happens without fail. Go get the blood or urine sample or poo sample, which is a fucking debacle. Have you ever mm-hmm. have to get poo? I did once, yeah, and it was... It's not cool. They give me that little... Car- <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a pleasurable experience, I'll tell you that much. They give Taking me little- a takeaway tub full of shit. Yeah, they give you this little carton that you have to put in your, in your toilet. You got to poo in there. You got to scrape it out. It's just a terrible, terrible thing. Nah, that's anyway. nasty. So I go in there, I give blood or whatever, and they go, all right, well, we'll give you a call. Ten, seven, ten days, cool. A month goes by. And you're like, oh, it must be fine. They didn't call me. Then the phone rings. And it's like, Brr. oh, they go, Mr. Dots, yeah, you need to come back in. And you're like, am I dying? <laughs> uh, oh, do, uh, am I going to fall fall out dead in front of my daughters here? What's going to happen? And, they, and then they go back and they go, <laughs> like, high. I swear to God, I think they've lost a couple of blood samples. And they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, we need to do it again. I'm like, do you need to do it again? What? So now I'm giving all these blood. I'm running out of blood. <laughs> <laughs> I need to give, these, give them blood again. And then, then they go, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. But then I got a letter yesterday 
from Nine Wells now. So now they taste, tested my blood. They've referred me to Nine Wells without me knowing. It's a big boy hospital getting involved, mate. <laughs> this is about two months ago. You're fucked. And now the letter says, it's all fine. Everything's fine. We tested you for this, 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 and that. Everything is fine. But we want you to make an appointment to come out to Nine Wells. And I was like, why do I have to spend my day <laughs> going to Nine Wells if I'm fine? But I got to do it. Could you imagine if that was Jordan? He'd been off his work for fucking nine <laughs> months, man. The guy would have been in his bed for years. I'm too ill. <laughs> He's going to get a tight for no turn up, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he will be. Um, he was already earlier on. But no, just sorry to finish up on that, Mike, though. Yeah. Even though I know they're saying everything's okay and all that, you know, you've got a duty to yourself to make sure that, you know, if these people are asking you to come in, even if you think there's not a reason for it and there's probably, you know, not a bad reason for it. Yeah. It, obviously, you're well aware it's duty of care, course it's worth going in, man. Do of you know course, what I mean? oh, no, I always go. I always go. I, I put it in my calendar for the six monthly checks. Yeah. Definitely want to go in there and get my blood tested. But it's just annoying that they can't give you and like the people behind like the desk and the reception, can't they can't give you the answers anyway. Yeah. So it's like you got to wait for the doctor. So then the doctor calls you and says, "Make an appointment." It's like, God damn, this why is it taking so long? And meanwhile, this whole time I'm like, "Am I dying? I don't know what's happening." Just remember though, mate, you could be back in the states, and that could have just cost you thirty thousand dollars. Very true. So just lap it up while you're here. Yeah, God love true. the NHS, man. <laughs> Speaking of the NHS, Ali, yes. you've probably crossed the NHS quite a bit, haven't you? <laughs> I wouldn't like to put a sum on it, mate, but I've got a rough idea where it is, and it's hefty dollars, mate. So let's let's, let's start from the beginning. Okay. All right, so I'm uh, looking at the pre-interview from Kreef. Oh, yes. From Kreef, yes. Yeah. So um, the reason why I asked you to come here is because you had a heart transplant, a heart transplant which yeah. I still think, even though... These have been done quite a few times, you know, over the history. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's a fucking miracle that these things get done. No, it boggles my fucking mind at times as well. Like, yeah. you kind of you sit back and kind of reflect at times. Sunday in particular. Sunday was six years. Really? So, yeah, man. Six years on Sunday. Passed there, like, uh, since my transplant. So, yeah. how, was this something that you were born with or like a condition? Born with a congenital heart disease. And so, what does that mean? So it's like a heart defect you're born with. I had a thing called con- uh, transposition of the greater vessels. Mm-hmm. So it's like the pumping chambers and shit aren't like wired up properly. Basically, okay. your your plumbing and your heart's not right. All right. So and it's just something that people are born with. It's not. That's... Yeah, I think it's like one in twenty thousand people get it or something like that. So yeah, I was one of the lucky ones that got it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you know that you you had this? They found it, I think, before I was born. Oh. It was like well, it was picked up fairly early. Because uh, it was born in PRI, yeah, but transferred to Edinburgh Sick Kids uh, at a day old. Okay, so they they knew they had to do stuff like straight away. So what happened from that? They knew that from the time that you were born that you had this. What happened from the time up until six years ago when you had the surgery? What was going on in those? In uh, they kind of filled in the gaps. Yeah, they kind of done minor surgery. I had uh, keyhole surgery at day old. Okay, uh, to widen the artery in my heart to help with blood flow. Because wow. I was born as what they called a blue baby. Uh, there's not enough oxygenated blood going around my body. Yeah. And then I had to wait, obviously, until I was a little bit bigger, a bit stronger. So they did more surgery in nine and a half. Yeah, nine months? Nine and a half months. Mm-hmm. And that was open heart surgery. Sheesh. And then I had more open heart, like the major operation, the major surgery uh, at three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was more open heart surgery then. And that's when they kind of did. I suppose the rewiring, the replumbing, yeah, of it to make sure plunger in there couldn't it? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so you've got like a strong side and a weak side to your heart. Okay. Mines were doing the opposite jobs, 
so it was always over a period of time going to have excess strain yeah. on the weaker side that was having to work harder so they had to wire it up for that system to run properly basically okay so what were your uh, have you talked to your parents about this like at that time because you wouldn't have remembered that far back yeah yeah like what were they going through during that whole time because that must have been crazy for them yeah I don't know I think they just kind of dealt with it like hey um, yeah I think because they'd been, I think they'd been sort of told before I was born that this was going to be coming, that it was just, you know, they were prepared. To, yeah, kind of dig in and get on with it, basically, and just hope I kind of rode out the other side of it, you know. So when you were um, having surgery at such a young age, did that affect you? So let's say from those early years up until you were like mid-teenage years, like fifteen, did that affect your lifestyle in any way? Uh, it didn't. It didn't. Like primary school was a bit different because. Uh, like you know, like primary school kids, like little kids in town are just full of germs. It's like always snotty yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. coughs and colds would really kinda take it out of me a bit more, eh? So it could completely wipe me out. For how long? Like how long would you be? Like, sick you know, like maybe a cough or a cold, I'd be off for like two or three weeks, you know what I mean? Sometimes if it Sounds was like a Jordan, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to mention that, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a chest infection could like hospitalise yeah. me, you know what I mean? It was that kind of serious. Um and then yeah, like they used to put me on these twenty-four hour monitors, mm. um, and I mean now they're tiny, they're like the size of a mobile phone now. But you can imagine back in the day, yeah, like um, like I mean, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're the year there, yeah. Well, that was something. Sorry, I was just thinking about there. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? Me, I'm thirty-four now, mate. So you and I are pretty much the same no, age. Yeah, oh, so we're all the same age. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know the technology and the surgical uh, procedures, and medical yeah. equipment available and. 1984, 1985 is obviously yeah. greatly different to you know what they've got available today. So no, mm. definitely. I mean, um, the procedure I had when I was three and a half is is just not done anymore. It superseded another procedure, yeah. but then it's now deemed like it's not the procedure to be done. Um, they've now come up with another one. I think they basically correct it at birth, and that's that's kind of you. Yeah, I mean, so you don't need to kind of go down the same road as I've gone down. Yeah. So there's there's more options, like you said, it comes forward. But yeah, these 24 hour monitors I used to have when I was a kid. I mean, I'm vertically challenged as it is. <laughs> so you can imagine how short I was when I was like four or five years old. Yeah. It was like a VCR in a rucksack. Oh, it was man. fucking huge, man. Eh? Was it heavy too? I mean. Oh yeah. man, it was heavy <laughs> too. Like I was getting my gains at a young age. Is that why you got those broad <laughs> shoulders <laughs> there? <laughs> Carrying, carrying the weights when Dude. I was younger so but I went from like three and a half till I was like 18 with pretty much like a normal-ish life eh? yeah um, I was yeah just kind of got on with things man eh? so like um, people start drinking around 16, 17 years old you just go yeah along, just kind of went along with it normally eh? yeah. I was a bit fearful of it, you know because uh, I just didn't really know how my body would react to it um, but you suppose you have to go for like normal checkups though. To yeah, they got further apart. So it was like once a year. Then it was like once every two years. I went and yeah. my health was kind of ticking along fairly nicely. Mm-hmm. And I got to like seventeen, coming up to my eighteenth birthday, and I fell ill again. What well, was a real kick in the stones? To us by that age, especially in your teens, like when you're coming up for eighteen year old, you're like you think you're fucking bulletproof, basically. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it was like whack, you know, back in the hospital, and I'm like. What the hell? Because it's not like I'd forgot about my, you know, my condition, and I'd sort of taken less medication. I'd been off medication for years, and I was like, Psh, sound. Mm. It's like you, you subconsciously think, "Fuck, I've got this in a bag, like I've beaten it," eh? and it comes yeah. around and monumentally bits me in the ass, like. Eh? So, how did you feel that when at that point when you ended up in the hospital? Like, what were your uh, symptoms that you had? Um, just like <clears throat> real sort of fatigue. 
Um, a lot of nausea and stuff like that. Couldn't keep oh. meals down. Just wanted to sleep all the time. Yeah. Just trying to attend college. I was just missing so many lessons. Falling further and further behind my work just because I was I just knackered, man. I just couldn't even get out of my bed in the morning. And uh, basically, what had happened was, like I said, because of the weaker side, I've been doing all the hard work over the years. Um, the opposite side had started to swell. Mm-hmm. So my heart was making like if you listen to my heart, it would come like, and it was it was leaking basically. Arteries were leaking, so they decided to band do a thing called pulmonary artery banding so to make the pulmonary artery going out the like the strong side. It should be working harder, mm-hmm. make it smaller so it has to work harder to relieve the pressure. Hmm. So. They kind of did that, and it it was all right. It's kind of carried on like normally. So this was at 18? 18, yeah. Okay. 18 right. and a half, eh? So, and again, I just went back to our, sort of normal life, eh? Working and, you know. What were you working as at that time? Eh, well, I was at college. So I finished out of college, yeah. Um, and it was like from a young age as well, it was told, you know, you're going to need to do an office shop. What? I do now, but that's my choice. Yeah. And it was like, no, nah, you can't do this. You can't do anything energetic. And I was like, I'm going to be a chef. Yeah. So, yeah, I was on my feet. Like for hours a day, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it was, I was something I enjoyed doing for a long, long time. And um, yeah, life coasted along quite the thing. And again, it just went into the background without any real concern. Eh? What kind of chef were you? Eh? What kind of chef? Damn were you? good one. <laughs> <laughs> like a short order chef, or yeah. like were you whipping together like. Like a what order chef? Short order chef. The ones that work in uh, like. Um, am I making that up? Is he speaking English? Short He's order. speaking American He's again. American. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I thought a short order chef would be like someone who would work like in uh, Witherspoons or like a restaurant like that. Not a chef that would work in like a, like a five star restaurant. Oh no! I like mean, that. I worked in a kind of varying range, and uh, like obviously, I went from the bottom rank up to being a head chef. But I worked in restaurants. I worked more in fine dining. I yeah. worked in larger catering. I worked in private schools. I worked right. in kids' activity centres. So I did kind of like the full spectrum, just to kind of see what I enjoyed more than anything. Eh? That's why you had that big smile on your face when I started talking about my spice rack, eh? That's right, mate, that's right. <laughs> Got the cock sticking, mate. Get your spice rack out. We have Got- a title. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Got my cock sticking, mate. That's what it was, eh? Got the brain going again. So um, so now we're at, you're at 18 years old, cruising along. Yeah. You had that surgery after that, feeling good up until when? Um, 28. Yeah, 28. No, any significant events from 18 to 28 or you went that whole no, 10 years? No, I just, where uh, just went for a long period life. of time, yeah, just uh, living life. I was, oh, God, how old was I? No, I would have been about 26, 27 actually when it started going south. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was just out of nowhere, like a bolt from the blue. Same thing, like nausea and... No, this was different this time. Like, uh, this was the start of the heart failure, basically. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I would have been like 20... Yeah, it would have been 27. Uh, I got up one morning to go to work. Um, I got in the shower, just like decked it. Really? Uh, yeah, just absolutely floored it. So were you still living at home at this time? No, no, oh. I'd moved in. It was with my, well, girlfriend, now wife. Okay. Um, we so I got a flat together. Uh, I'd given up chef and I was now selling cars for a living. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just uh, out of nowhere. Was she home? Yeah, she was home. It was getting ready for work in the morning, and uh, she I jumped the thud and ran in there. Yeah, so she oh, came in. She got the hell, scary. and my uh, my heart rate was just going through the roof. Yeah. Um. So she had to phone an ambulance, and uh, I'm just sitting there like in my bath, mm-hmm. and, like 
I had to get, try and dry myself off while sitting in the bath. <laughs> I was going to say, get some underwear for me, please. <laughs> little pet cat sitting in the end of the bath just looking at me like, what are you doing? Um, and yeah, I had to phone the paramedics, but the time they arrived, they were trying to, they didn't have me hooked up to the machine, so they were trying to like count my heart rate and see what was going on. Yeah. Uh, they said they clocked at about two, between 200 and 250 beats a minute at the time they got me in the Jesus ambulance. Jesus Christ, so, man. Wh- why, why does it go up, though? Because what because I was in heart failure, that, this kind of heart failure I was in, the electrics in my heart had started to go. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, your electrics control your rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, your fast rate, your slow rate. So, it was just going haywire, basically. Oh, um, so, it was a thing. I was having a thing called subventricle tachycardia, and that's, yeah, basically when the electrics go out of control. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your average, what, resting heartbeat for an adult, 70 to 90 beats a minute. So, yeah, mine was doing between 200 and 250 beats a minute, and it feels like somebody's sitting on your chest. Like, it's no fun. Oh, my God. I mean, that's going, like, at, what, a speed about... Aye. About, that's probably about 200-odd beats a minute. I mean, that's... That's like wild. On, like that, man. That's crazy. So, okay, so um, where were you staying when, when this happened? Uh, over in Newport. In Newport, okay. Yeah. So, you know, we hopefully get some trousers on you. <laughs> we get you to the hospital, and what's happening now? What are the doctors saying to you when you get to the hospital? Well, so we've got to try and get the rhythm back to our normal. Yeah. A, a normal sort of point. Wait, sorry, just for people that don't know, what would be the normal? You said two fifty. What would be a normal heart? So seventy to ninety resting is okay. normal for an adult. Okay. So they need to get it back into a normal rhythm. Okay. So they try you with uh, medication. It's basically to shock the heart. It almost stops it for a split second to try and restart it. Mm-hmm. But they'll try that twice, and if that doesn't work, then they get the paddles out and cardiovert you. Mm-hmm. So and never ever did the medication work and it is nasty gear like uh, mm-hmm. um, they give so wait, you, the paddles do the same thing as the medication though but just a little bit more violently yeah, of course yeah, yeah you're getting shocked basically back okay. into rhythm and you had that done I had it done eight times in a year because this kept happening basically so because um, my heart was failing so it was just and are you there like are you present while that's happening though like, oh mate you... I could well no they give you something to make you feel drowsy but they, uh, I could tell you some fucked up stories about that as well let's actually. go right now uh, <laughs> right they gave me ketamine one time really yeah man Woo! <laughs> <laughs> And, and how do you how do you take ketamine? I don't know how some people do, <laughs> but how did you take it? I don't it? know how you do it recreationally, but they gave me it through like an IV okay, in right. my arm. Yeah. And they were like, we're just going to give you this to, just to relax you. And so you can imagine, right, you're getting, that's the best stuff as well, <laughs> man, honestly. As you can imagine, you're getting shocked, so you need to be relaxed because you don't really want to see that shit coming and you no. don't want your body to tense because that's going to hurt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they decided this one time to give me ketamine. They've never given me it again because I was off my nuts, mate. <laughs> genuinely, I thought I was in the fucking matrix. Really? Yeah, genuinely thought I was in the matrix. Right? So I'm lying in the hospital bed, and they said, obviously, they put the bars up to make sure you didn't roll out or anything like that. Yeah. And these bars felt like about 30 foot high. That's K-hole, man. Right, <laughs> aye, right. So, and everybody that's chatting around you, because there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of doctors and stuff around my bed. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, there's a lot of panic, right? And I'm just lying there mashed. And, eh, uh, then the roof tiles started opening up, Uh-oh. right? And it's like that bit in the Matrix. You know when he wakes up in the pod and there's just all the layers of pod? That's how I could see through these gaps in the roof tiles. And I was like, I'm in a fucking Matrix, <laughs> right? Genuinely. And, uh, Put your glasses on, your trench coat. And I was just lying there. And I was gown. like, nah, this can't be right. And then everything went to like, you know that bit where he goes on that binary code and he starts seeing things coming out? Yeah, yeah. But it was black and orange. Right? Oh. That's one for you, Andy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
I was like, what the fuck? But to me, this is like all real. Mm -hmm. So I was like, right, what the hell? And I could see people coming out this sort of binary code. Like, like yeah, doctors like, or like... Yeah, like doctors and that. Like, okay. you know, like in the movie. But I was looking at my hand and I was like, oh. But because I was so wasted, I was biting it, but I couldn't feel it. Your hand? Yeah, I was biting my hand. Okay. So I was like, <laughs> I like chewing on my hand, but because I was so like away with it, hmm. I couldn't feel it. So I'm like, this isn't real. Like, I'm definitely in the Matrix. This is like, I'm in the Matrix. So my wife was there. And I'm like, are you real? She's like, yes, I'm real. Why <laughs> stop touching my face? I'm like, you know, like pawing at her face. And she's like, right, she's I'm getting real. annoyed. And I was like, so she was like, you're all right. So I got hold of her hand. So then I think it's a good idea to try and bite her hand to see if it's real. Oh. Yeah, I got it in my mouth. It was just a way to sink my teeth in her hand. She realized what I was doing. She's like, no. So, like a puppy. no. Yeah, they were just like, and then I saw, um, so I'm lying there, I was like still off my nut. It started, everything kind of came clear again. I was like, oh, I can see normal things. Yeah. And the next minute, John and Edward are floating above my head. You know Jedward? They were floating the, above the my bed. The Irish boys? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Were floating <laughs> above the bed, waving at me. Hopefully not singing. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? Honestly, it's one of the weirdest trips honestly, I've ever been on. They give you some pretty strong painkillers in the hospital, but yeah, that's probably the worst one. And, and this, is, this is before they paddle you? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just lying wasted. This is all happening, waiting for this to happen. But I was happy as Larry, because there's me just lying there thinking it was the Matrix. But after God. they did it, I came round. Mm -hmm. That's when my hand started to hurt because I realised that I'd actually just bitten half my hand. Oh. It was hand was covered in teeth marks. So didn't they handcuff you or something? Or <laughs> strap you down? Or? I don't know if I could do that, mate. Oh my god, that's terrible. So yeah, it's no mental asylum you went to. Mike. <laughs> exactly. no, but the guy's chewing. If you're chewing your hand, <laughs> you may want to keep the guy from chewing his hand. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was that was just one of the times. But yeah, I mean, there's may, been many other occasions like that where I've been on strong painkiller medication. I've hallucinated. Sorry, that must be really, really terrifying for your wife and your family because yes. I understand, you know, that they're doing it to try and restart your heart, almost to 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 kick it into the to the right rhythm again. Yeah. But for anybody looking in on the outside, that immediately says to somebody, "Oh my God, he's dying right there." Yeah. So it's yeah. Heart stopped kind of thing because that's what you associate yeah. the paddles with. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, yeah. so I mean, they were good in the fact that, like, um, I got a really good consultant up at uh, Nine Wells. Um, she's she was absolutely brilliant. Like, she was she went through the sort of whole thing with us, uh, and she was always good at sort of explaining what was going on. Wife's parents as well are both from a medical background, so they were good uh, in that sense. But I'm I'm lucky in the fact that when my wife without getting too much, she like is like so level headed and so calm in these situations. Eh? So she just took it all on her stride. But it was like just testament how strong she was during the whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, there were, I mean there were some funny moments. Like I embarrassed her one time as well because uh, after I the get, hand biting, yeah, I get yeah another <laughs> occasion that they'd given me painkillers. I was lying down and there was eight or nine student doctors. So they were like, oh, is it all right if they come in? I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally fine. Because at this point, they hadn't given me anything to relax me. Yeah. But suppose I was just lying flat out like I was sleeping and I suddenly sat up, bought upright and was like, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> and they were like, wife's like, just sit down. And I was like, you guys here for the party? She's like, there's no party alley. And I was like, well, they can fuck off then. I'll lay back down. Don't remember anything. Fell asleep for another three and a half hours. So yeah. As soon as I finish chewing my hand, I'm going to fuck you guys up. <laughs> okay, so on multiple occasions, I basically just embarrassed her by being an absolute tit while out of my face on painkillers waiting for to be cardioverted. But yeah, eight times in one year, mate, it happened because it just kept going into these 
SVTs basically, but it was shooting up through the roof. And but it wasn't always ketamine that they gave you. No, no, thankfully no. they gave me that once and that was it because <laughs> they realised it was not a good combination for me at all to be on that, especially when I was. Yeah, thinking it was in the matrix. So was that eight times, eight separate incidents, like yeah. in a twelve month period? So you'd be out or maybe at home doing something. It was like, yeah, oh, just randomly yeah. It would come and on, fall out, like or yeah, just be like it would just come on out of nowhere. Oh, eh? So mm. it was quite, it was quite weird. But I mean, they they decided within that year. Uh, so that was the first incident was October. Let me these dates right here. October two thousand and eleven. The first incidents of that. Mm-hmm. So then they were like, right, okay, we're probably going to need to do a transplant. We're talking five years away. I was like, sound. So then obviously it kept happening. And like, right, we need to do something about this. We're going to put a pacemaker in because it's the least intrusive surgery that we can do. So how does that work, a pacemaker? Pacemaker, so it's it's just a small device that they put under your skin. Mm -hmm. They feed a cable down into your um, heart and it sends off a pulse and it helps control the rhythm. So it won't let it go above a certain speed. Okay. Um, and it'll shock it. So it's there as a, as a safety device, basically, as a backup. A support mechanism. Yeah, basically, yeah. So does that, uh, the speed that it keeps it, that it won't let it go above, does that account for you being excited or scared or... Well, this is a weird thing. It was almost like a built-in alarm clock mm-hmm. because they set a time at which it went up and what time it went down. So it would pick up in the morning as you were beginning to start your day. Oh. And then it would slow down a bit more at night, so you were kind of getting more relaxed, so you could go to sleep. So it picked up to like 70 beats a minute at 7 o'clock in the morning. It was like an internal alarm clock, because oh, I'm sleeping. Crazy. It's maybe ticking along at like 50, and then boom, it instantly goes up 20 beats a minute. And you're like, oh, morning, 7 o'clock. <laughs> it, was, it was the weirdest thing like as so well. What if you were like out late or something, and it was in... At a period where it was set for low, could you you couldn't adjust it yourself? I no, assume, you'd but. maybe just be. But at that point, I was kind of feeling more fatigued anyway. Yeah, so. so you weren't up till four in the morning partying any. Or, no, no, no. Okay. I, was kind of, I was slowing down a bit. Yeah. The pacemaker checks as well. That's a weird thing because they put like it's like a magnet on top of it, and it can control it. Mm-hmm. So they've got to check the the pace and make sure it can go really slow, really fast. And it's like somebody's turning a volume control in your heart. It's a calibration. Yeah, yeah, system, the calibration it? test yeah. basically. So it must you're feel going, so strange. So this guy's turning his dial in front of you like a volume control on a stereo, and it's going down to like thirty beats a minute. And you're like, whoa, and then it picks up again, puts it up to like ninety. You're like, oh, wait a minute. And it is <laughs> freaky shit like that, getting that done to you. That's insane. Uh, so, but they put that in, like you said, as a sort of, as a safety device. But yeah, it had to go for a sort of calibration test basically mm-hmm. every, I think it was like every couple of weeks. But uh, Every couple of weeks? Yeah, every couple of weeks. They were kind of, because of the situation I was in, they were uh, keeping a closer eye on it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I would have thought you'd probably be in like, I think it was about once a year or something like that. It's like, yeah. In a normal situation, but because of the situation I was in, yeah. it was kind of it was sort of heightened. Yeah, I yeah no, obviously, obviously. So now the pacemaker's in. Yeah, uh, calibrating that. That, I, that actually made my heart jump. You telling that story, no, it's it made freaky, me go man. like, "Whoa!" Yeah, no, it's freaky. So they're doing that. Pacemaker's in. Where where happens after that? What so happens? this is like 2012 right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna do my math to keep my dates here. <laughs> uh, 2012. Um, I've proposed. Okay. Planning a wedding. I was yeah, I was just thinking that like your your wife get Mike to be your best man. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna end up in fucking Rocka Blue or something. Oh, Rocka Blue's closed anyway. Um, that makes it even worse. Class night out that be. <laughs> but uh, no, your wife's like super strong. I mean, that may put some people off. You know what I mean? To be yeah, like, man, hey, this yeah. is a condition that I have, and like 
is someone may be like, look, I want to know, be with someone who I know is 100% going to be with me. I'm not saying that that won't happen, but for someone to say that's a special person to be like, you know what? I don't care. You know, this is the person that I love. I'm going to stay with them for the rest of Yeah, our I know. Lives. I mean, she could have quite easily walked away at that point, but she didn't. Yeah. So, like, yeah, fair play her, like. <laughs> Is that what you said at the altar? Fair play to you. Fair play to you, hen. <laughs> okay, sorry. Pacemaker. Um, so, I know. So, we planned the wedding. Uh, we got married at the end of 2012, but during that period, it kept happening, basically. Mm-hmm. And it was it was almost like a chain of events. It was be like, into Nine Wells. Nine Wells would do as much as they could, and then I'd had to get forwarded on to a uh, hospital in Glasgow, well, Clydebank, Golden Jubilee. Did you, I'm sorry, just to go back to the whole wedding planning thing, when you were preparing to propose, did that kind of go through your mind? Think like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to go through something like this just because of my condition or, or Could, no? because nah, it was still already days. I proposed um, on Boxing Day. Okay. So I hadn't, the pacemaker wasn't in. I'd only had one incident. So it was still kind of early days. But like, you know, it's, it's what we want. We want to get married. So, like, you know, let's yeah. go for this. Um. But yeah, things became a bit more apparent as the year progressed. That sort of in and out of hospital, but we still, you know, plowed on and got them, you know, got married because it's it's what we wanted. We wanted to get married. We wanted to be as a married couple because we wanted to, yeah, I suppose be together and sort of. I suppose it was a sign of I don't know solidarity. It would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would bring you closer. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And you know, it was something we'd always spoke about. We always wanted to get married, so mm-hmm. um, we just progressed with what well, I suppose my life is normal eh? as normal as you could do but it was going into the next part of life and the potential what was around the corner as a married couple mm-hmm. um, so yeah no it was we sort of like I said carried on but it was back in the hospital about yeah about seven or eight times that year and had to get cardiovascular because unfortunately the pacemaker wasn't working mm-hmm. but yeah each time it was nine wells did as much as they did and then they would sort of pass me on to the jubilee but the whole time it was building up like a case study and a file to... So they Nine Wells did their amount and said, right, we're going to put you forward to the Jubilee. The Jubilee uh, do transplants, but they do transplants for normal people, not congenital patients. Mm-hmm. There's only two hospitals in the UK that do transplants for congenital patients. What's Why the difference, though? Why is that an issue? Um, it's, it's slightly more because they've had previous surgeries and I suppose the wiring's slightly different. Yeah. They might have pacemakers, and you know, I mean, there's so many different more. It's a, a slightly more complex surgery they need to do. Okay. So there's Great Ormond Street and there's Newcastle, and uh, the Freeman Hospital. That's why I ended up going. Um, but yeah, each time, so Nine Wells, uh, onto the Jubilee, Jubilee would do their stuff, and then the whole time they were pushing us forward to the Freeman Hospital, saying we've got somebody that we're pretty sure is going to need a transplant. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sorry, when they first tell you that you need a transplant, is that, I know that you've been living with this your whole life. Is that something that, does that scare you at that time? Or are you kind of thinking like, you know what, I've gotten this far. Yeah, I mean, I've been told from a young age that it was always going to be an option. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, when I was like, my mum and dad like, you know, you've got problems with your heart, you know, but it's a little bit different. You might need to go to the hospital, but it's nothing to worry about. But, you know, one day you might need to get a different heart. And I'm like, all right, okay, whatever, mum. You know, you don't really, I suppose you don't really quite acknowledge the level of, I suppose, severity of the situation when you're a child. You Just wouldn't. like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to need to get a new heart. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. You know, you don't really think about, yeah, the severity of the situation and what it's going to actually entail. 
because uh, yeah, you're young, you're naive, you know, you're just a kid. Um, but I suppose subconsciously, it was preparing me the mm-hmm. whole time. But yeah, we got married in the November. I got told three weeks after the wedding, so the middle of December, that I'd run out of options and I had no other choice but to be put forward for a transplant. Mm-hmm. This wasn't five years away. This was coming sooner than expected. Okay, so so how long was that then? So yeah, found out three weeks after the wedding. So mid December, we found out um, that I'd run out of options. So they were going to put me forward for transplant sepsis went down uh, Freeman because mm-hmm. getting a transplant you've kind of got to be like a fine point it's got to be like you've got to be ill enough to need it mm-hmm. but well enough to receive it because if you're too ill you ain't coming out of that operation you ain't yeah. going to make it off the table yeah. and without sounding hard well it's harsh but it's, it's true it's a waste of an organ it's a waste of an opportunity for somebody else yeah. that might have been slightly well or to receive it and survived the operation so it's a real fine balance and they've got to see where you're at yeah um with i suppose with the sort of how far along in failure and how how much time you've got left basically mm. um so yeah i went down to the freeman hospital in newcastle 17th of january i went down there um for was it 17th no yeah it was 17th i arrived down for tests um and it was like they're basically just getting poked and prodded for days upon end, blood tests, mm-hmm. breathing tests. Did you know. they get back to you after 10 days and say that uh, was wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were quite prompt, mate. They were quite prompt. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> oh, wait, Ali, you know, did we not talk to him? No. Oh, man, let's pretend we lost these blood tests and we'll need to get them back in. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, you know, go on this machine, you know, cycle, breathe, you know, wearing a mask and we're going to do bloods and... They had to just check the parameters, what my lung function was at. Mm-hmm. Got to check sort of lung pressures to see if you're going to need a heart and lungs at the same time, or if your lungs will match with a new heart. Why? So okay. So all the time they're actually studying what, in terms of your power output on a bike, in terms of how your heart rate functions, how your breathing functions, Correct. and then we'll break that down, look at the data, and analyze. Right? Okay, he needs a new heart, but actually in this case he's probably going to need two new lungs as well. Yeah, that was our, we, no, that, that was your case. Yeah, that, that was that, that, that can That's be. yeah. Are they going to hold up to this new heart? Are yeah. they going to need replaced as well? Is that quite common? Uh, it can be done. Yeah, There's, I've met hmm. folk that are need both. I'm, like, I'm, I'm assuming here, but I'm just trying to put two and two together. But I'm assuming then, <clears throat> obviously, if you've lived 20 years with, say, heart problems and you've got yeah, quite yeah. a weak heart, then because of that, you can't do the strenuous activities. Therefore, you don't necessarily put yourself in the situations where your lungs need to work that hard at oh, any okay. yeah, yeah, point. I suppose, I suppose. Which sense, then yeah. means when you've got the new heart, suddenly, as you say, you go into more strenuous activity, maybe the heart can handle it, but maybe the lungs aren't yeah. able to cope with... I don't know, I'm trying to put two into... I'm, like, that I'm makes no, sense. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, I'm, I know what you I'm mean. no doctor, but I'm, I'm trying to get my head around it all. <laughs> I mean, I worked full-time pretty much. Well, obviously, I was in and out of hospital, but during 2012, I was working kind of pretty much full-time up until like the mid-December basically when I got told I wasn't going to be able to you know I was going to need to transplant for definite I worked up till yeah, mid-December pretty much full-time hours but after that my, my world became very small very rapidly because it was like it was a really quick decline after that mm-hmm. I went from like I said working full-time to struggling to get around my house uh, like really sort of struggling to get around my house you know like my wife had to make she'd make like you know like a sandwich up for my lunch and uh, she'd put it in the fridge 
But, you know, it would take me quite a bit just to get from a bed upstairs to downstairs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, this is in the run-up to the transplant? Yeah. Okay. So then, like I said, went for the assessment. Okay, you're ill, but you're not ill enough yet. So there's two There's two oh, lists, basically. Sake. There's yeah. active and urgent. So active, you've got about a year to 18 months to live. Yeah. And urgent, you've got six months to a year okay. to live. So there's kind of like that in-between point, eh? So and is your wife still working at this? She's yeah, has yeah, to yeah. work. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's active, right? Okay, we're going to send you back to Glasgow, back to the Jubilee. We're going to take your pacemaker out, and we're going to put a defib in, okay? Mm. Because we're worried that your heart's going too slow during your sleep. It's dropping to like 25, 30 beats a minute. So what the what does the defib do? D-fib? So basically, it will react if it goes too slow. It, because the, what they were concerned about, it was going to go too slow and stop while I was sleeping. Okay. So this would react to it and shock me in my sleep. Yeah. Well, shock my heart back into rhythm. Um, so arrived back in Glasgow, uh, Clydebank, on the Wednesday. Um, I was like, oh, because like, I'd just come up from Newcastle. I was like, I'm going to grab a shower. Myself, sort of, you know, just freshened up. You know, it's like when you've been traveling, you want to kind of freshen up. You get a little musty in the travel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I had the shower, got the shower, and I just remember the wall coming towards my face really too quickly. So, yeah, oh, I kind of almost over. blacked out. Um, but I sort of hit the panic button. Nurses, doctors all came running in. It was the ketamine, you took more ketamine. <laughs> <than> you? <laughs> no, there's no more ketamine at this point, mate. Definitely not. Um, and I'd gone. Your body, once your body isn't able to function without the support of drugs, you become urgent. So I had needed these drugs called inotropes. Mm-hmm. So I went from active to urgent on the Friday night, and I got a phone call on Saturday. What is very, very, very unheard of. I was on the waiting list for 22 hours. What is just... I was going to ask you about that. You know, obviously you're waiting that. You've obviously just addressed that there. Um, I mean, that must be a combination of a number of circumstances all coming together just at the right time. Somebody once described it as basically as the stars aligning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it goes off your your height, your weight, your tissue sampling, your blood group. Because of my height as well, I was lucky enough in the fact that I could get a male or a female heart. Mm-hmm. Whereas somebody that's maybe 6'3", 18, 19 stone is going to need a, basically a bigger engine. And it's going to have to come out of somebody of that size. One of the first times it's not <laughs> really cool to be tall and big. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it was almost like a, a bonus. Yeah. Uh, of being in this size, you know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it's completely unheard of for it to happen that quickly like 22 it, hours 22 hours mate it was a record for the Golden Jubilee they never had a, a patient get a call that quickly uh, to be transferred down to the Freeman Hospital so let's talk about that was that that night when you got that call so I was on Saturday like yeah Saturday evening and Saturday early evening yeah because uh, I've been going to the hospital quite a lot obviously you got to know some of the staff there mm-hmm. so I was one of the staff I hadn't seen for a while oh, how did you go on in Newcastle we're just having a chat and I was just through oh that's uh, the Freeman on the phone for you and I was like Fuck are they phoning for? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, yeah, no, because I was, I was like, what do they want? I mean, they've, they've, they've done all their tests. Surely yeah. they've not lost my blood samples, man. Fucking. So they, are like, yeah, yeah, they found you a heart, and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, fucking sure they have. And they're like, no, no, I'm being serious. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And they're like, no, like, listen, it isn't a joke. I'm gonna go and you know make arrangements. I'm gonna go and get an ambulance. 
and you need to go and phone your wife. And I was like, all right, cool. Still not quite disbelief. registering. Yeah, yeah, utter disbelief. So I phoned her and I was like, um, <laughs> I'm going to Newcastle. I, I, I think they've found the heart. And she's like, what? The nurse actually take the phone off me because I was just talking nonsense. I was just gibbering. Oh, man. But she just sat down for a meal with her friend and was like, shit, I need to go. The mixture of like excitement, <clears throat> scare probably a little bit too. And yeah, yeah. I, I think is, I think because it happened so quickly, neither of us had time to, I suppose, fully process what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, what the hell? So the whole time down in this ambulance, I'm just like sitting there chatting to the staff. One of the doctors came with me from the Jubilee. And um, I remember as well, the uh, sunroof on the ambulance was broken. They had to tie it shut with a, uh, a bandage. Because <laughs> we're going down the A1 and it's like, just flapping about. And they're like, yeah, just try and get some rest. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Because sure. thinking, this is a false alarm. Like, surely it's a false alarm. But I'm like, oh, cool, it's a night out. You know what I mean? Change yeah. of scenery. But it turns out it wasn't a night out. You know, it wasn't a change, just a change of scenery. It was, it, it went ahead. And yeah, I had it there. So wait, when you get to the hospital, you get into, getting there, they get you yeah. in the room and everything. Yeah. So what's like, what are the doctors saying to you? How, how are they prepping you for surgery? So I said, well, um, you know, okay, we're going to need to give you this medication. We're going to need to get you prepped for surgery. It might still not go ahead because they need to check the organ. Mm. It's like, they know that person's dying, but they're kind of, keeping them alive this is quite fucking grim but <laughs> it, it is, is like it's, it's, a, it's a grim fucking subject like uh, when you kind of get into the nitty gritty of it uh, you know it is quite a grim thing to talk about but basically their they're, they're brain's still dead basically mm. so they're gone but they keep the body alive the body's keeping the, the organ yeah they're ba- they're keeping the body alive to keep the organs safe yeah. but they don't know until they've got those organs out if the surgeon's going to be happy enough to transplant it mm. because if it looks diseased or it looks damaged in any way, they're not going to do it because it's too risky. They're kind of getting one shot of this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they've got to check that heart's fit, but at the same time get you ready and get you prepped. So I'm going to theatre, I'm getting opened up, um, and they're getting ready to do the swap, but they obviously don't know until they've sort of checked this heart. They're like, right, okay, no, it's looking good. It's a go. So they've got to get down to theatre, and then, I said, they've got to get the heart to from wherever it's coming from to me mm-hmm. um, and yeah kind of go through the whole whole procedure but yeah it's quite weird because it was just obviously my wife my mum and my dad you know so you're hey, you're saying your goodbyes like hey yeah you probably would think that but you, you probably don't want to think that yeah no you know? I mean like somebody asked me one time it's like so did you accept the fact that you're going to die you could have died and I was like you don't accept it because if you accept it you're accepting defeat yeah. Basically, I've always said that if you're beating your head, then you're not going to get back up. You've got to stay like strong in your head that you're going to, yeah. you're going to come through it no matter what. And there's always got to pause. I suppose you've got to acknowledge it as a possibility, mm-hmm. but you don't accept it. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, okay, you know, this could this could be it. But you know, cheers, mum, thanks, dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> See you later. Uh, you know, I, I you don't really know. I can't even remember what I said. You know what I mean? But. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I was I was still pretty like calm, even going down to theatre, eh? Mm. And uh, getting on the bed, and it's yeah, it's quite eerie actually thinking about it now. You're like lying on this cold hard table, mm. with those lights above you, hearing the clinking, all the not utensils, but yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, 
equipment. Equipment? Yeah. <laughs> tools. Yeah, tools. Utensils. Yeah, 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 utensils. You know, getting ready, you know, and they're doing all, the, doing, all, <laughs> <laughs> doing all the checks and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I don't really remember anything after that for about two and a half weeks because I was sleeping. Sound. Yeah, yeah just kind of got to keep you sedated, you know. I wasn't too good at coming off the um, ventilator. They tried a couple of times, but I just wasn't agreeing with it at all. So they kept me under a bit longer, let my body recover a bit more, mm-hmm. and then brought me around. But yeah, it was it was quite a weird sensation when I came round. Um, How so? Just because, like, I, it sounds mental, but I actually instantly felt better. Like, mm-hmm. I, f- I felt, the only way I could describe it, like I had a massive ball of energy inside me. Yeah. Like, just a huge ball of energy. And I was like, wow. You know, real weak. Yeah, just a bit confused, but yeah, feeling like I had this huge ball of energy inside me. My hands and my feet felt warm. What was a new thing for me? Because you imagine, like, they're the outmost points, so they're going to be your heart's not working. Yeah. My feet were always like ice, man. But all of a sudden, I was like, my feet are hot. <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah, like, honestly, and I, like I had color in my cheeks because for a, a long period of time, I was like a weird kind of grey but color. Eh? Yeah, uh, grey white color. Um, so yeah, I had colour in my cheeks, you know, I had warm hands and warm feet, and I was like, "It's the little things we need yeah, a new yeah, heart." Yeah, you know like, what I mean? the hell? But I mean, it still took a long time to kind of build enough. You know, I mean, to obviously get off the ventilator, start mm. eating food again, because for a while I was just being fed through a tube in my nose. Oh. It was really quite frustrating. You know, when you're seeing the meal cart go, you past, like your food too. Yeah, yeah, man, you, know, yeah <laughs> you, you like know, good food too. You know, like you know, I did. Do you know what the first the first solid sort of food that they gave me was a, a strawberry ice pole. Mm. I cannot even explain <laughs> how fucking amazing that thing tasted. It was just like an absolute clusterfuck of flavors. Like I was like, "Oh my god!" And it's like it's just an ice pot, and I'm like, "You don't, you don't realize it's just because it was, it was flavor. It was you know a different temperature. It was just, just Kid, weird. It was like experiencing it all over again." Kids eh? are walking by like, "Mommy, what's he doing to that ice pot?" Oh man. So yeah, no, it was kind of. But again, it was just building back up, and you know, it was literally like baby steps. It was like learning to walk again because my yeah. legs had gone to shit. But for the first time in my life, my legs gave up before my heart, mm-hmm. and I was like, ah, "Okay, this makes sense now." Yeah. Um, and then they gave me a they did an echo scan. I think that was the first point in which I realised what had actually happened. They gave me an echo scan on my heart, and my heart had always had like a weird rhythm. You know, it wasn't just doing your own ba bum ba bum ba bum. It was always meh 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 meh. It was just all over the place. And it was suddenly like ba bum ba bum ba bum. I was like, holy shit. And it was suddenly it just registered what had happened. Then I absolutely yeah. broke down like yeah, you would. I feel like I'm welling up a little yeah, bit just listening like, to you talk. <laughs> no, nah, like yeah, I'm not I'm not ashamed to say it. I just burst into tears like yeah. Yeah. just the absolute realisation of what had happened. I was just like, Oh my god. And the nurse is like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, this is like happy tears. It was just yeah just a moment of realisation of what the fuck had actually just happened, eh? And I was like, I've got a normal heart. I've got, like, a normal heartbeat, so... So yeah. what, what about you? You touched b- briefly on the person that they were keeping around so that you can get yeah, to the yeah. hospital. Do you have contact with their family? Did you have contact with their family? No, I mean, the most you can know, I can find out their name, their age, and how they came to be. Mm. I've not done that... And it's it's harsh because like it sounds. If you get a gift, you should say thank you for it. Yeah. But it's like I don't know if I'm ready to know that information. Okay. Because you don't have a delete button in your head, and I'm not 100 percent committed to knowing that information. What what do you what do you think that you would feel though? What why is it that you feel like? I don't you know. I don't you? know if I would end up feeling like I should mourn them. 
Gotcha. Okay. And I don't know if I can do that. Like, hey, I really don't. It sounds yeah. it sounds fucking selfish. Like, it really does. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a weird thing to, to deal with because there is a, there's an element of guilt that you kind of yeah that I you live so. with. And all these folks, yeah, you shouldn't feel guilty. You know, the person was going to die anyway. And I'm like, I know that, but the fact that somebody else died for me to continue with my life, there is an element of guilt to that. Yeah. You know, not a huge amount. You know, what I mean. Because it was going to happen anyway, so I've got some. You know, I've benefited. It. Plus, there's you know, somebody got the lungs, somebody probably got the liver, the kidney. There's been multiple people who probably benefited from that one person. So, and they've made obviously a conscious decision to have that conversation with their family. Mm. They've made a conscious decision to be an organ donor. So it's what they wanted. But yeah, there is there is always that kind of element of like you know, just the magnitude, I suppose, of what's had to take place for you to still be upright and breathing really i was very surprised because we were talking about this at work one day and um i think i I think it was me that said i think everyone should be an organ donor and then you who Mm. have is a recipient of an organ you were like well make sure that you talk to people around you about that you weren't like oh no no, definitely do it do it do it you were like no make sure you talk to everyone first and make sure that's what you want to do and then move on i was just very surprised that somebody who was a recipient of that would be like no 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 no, don't just rush to do that that's something that no no i think you still got to think through it because I mean, there's obviously the opt-out scheme and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, if people, you're like, you're instantly a, an organ donor and then you've got to opt out of it. But it's, it can work both ways. In the same sense as if you're automatically into it and you don't want to be, are you going to opt out? No. You know, and are you going to have that chat? I think having a chat with your with your loved ones is, is the most important part because ultimately they can still override it. They can say, nah, look, I'm not signing that. Are you an organ donor, Andy Mac? No, I'm going to give mine away, my body away, science when I die. Oh, that's good. That's a good idea. There you yeah. go. Yeah. I think I would like to do that too. Give my brain away. So for football, I'd only played football, like contact football for, well, with adults for what, five or six years. But if that'll help them protect the next generation of football players, because I think I'm losing my mind, <laughs> you know, why not do that? You know what I mean? No, definitely. Um, I was going to, well, I forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, you. Oh, you said that you do some some talking about this as well. Yeah, man. Like I've done different bits and bobs. I've done a few newspaper articles. Um, I've done talks to uh, like students, medical students, um, to experienced doctors and nurses because mm-hmm. they don't see uh, the end product. I suppose mm-hmm. they know obviously the importance of it and they know it kind of takes place. But unless they're involved in a transplant center, they never get to see that side of it. Yeah. So I've gone to talk, share my story, and uh, just to kind of emphasize the importance of. You know, like you said, having a conversation and you know, the importance of organ donation and the difference it can make to people's lives. I think if you've got a living, breathing example of organ donation in front of you, it's, you know... It's harder. It yeah. hits harder. It's not so much hits harder. You know, I'm not trying to blackmail anybody. I'm just trying to show hey, them. you. It. Yeah, hey, you. Get it done. Uh, give me I'm, those lungs. Yeah, <laughs> give me your lungs. <laughs> I'm just showing it kind of works. You know what I mean? It's Because everybody, like... I just remember growing up, like my parents always had, uh, you know, like organ donor cards, but you never quite registered what it was. And um, now, like, I think I like a lot of people, like a lot of my mates as well, instantly went and signed up after what had happened to me. Yeah. Because they're like, shit, this has happened to somebody I know. This isn't just something that happens to random folk, it happens to people you know. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's more about just changing opinions and showing that it works. So yeah, I've done, like I said, multiple talks to different 
age groups and different sort of professionals. I've done a couple at work as well, just yeah. to kind of yeah, just to raise awareness. It's, it's my little way of giving back to something that's given me so much. Really, yeah. And after dealing with all these educational establishments, medical professionals, everybody that you've you've delivered talks to, here you are sitting with us. Oh yeah, I know what an achievement. The worst of the worst. <laughs> not me. And he's reached a new low. No, yeah. definitely not, mate. Like I've been pumped with this for ages. Like uh, I really have. But uh, any any source of, like you said, spreading the kind of the word um, of yeah. getting it out there, then yeah. I'm, I'm up for it, like you know, definitely. So I appreciate you guys inviting me along. Oh, this, this was I fantastic. Was Thank you very much. That was a really <laughs> in, engaging, informative, um, and I hope and I'm sure our listeners will then listen back to that and be like, "Holy fuck, man! That's like probably one of the, the deepest." Change. Yeah, yeah. One of the, you know what would be good to do? Like, we'll put it up on the Facebook page. If anyone's listening to this and if you have, like, an organ donation story, not necessarily them, but maybe a family member or anything, mm-hmm. just share it on the Facebook page or you send it as on an email, monkeyswordfrypodcast at gmail.com. We'll read it out on the, the next show. Um, because it's, it's a super interesting topic. And thank you for coming on and, and talking about it. No, that. thanks so much for having me on. Eh? Appreciate it. Um, and things today, all good? Touch with me. I've had uh, a few ups and downs, a few rocky moments, mm-hmm. but I generally pretty good. Generally uh, on on the good side of things. Yeah, yeah. It was nice yeah. to hear you said hit that six year marker, feeling pretty fresh. Like, uh, do you celebrate it? I'm oh, sorry. It, do you know what? It's a weird one. Like we did the first year. You know, uh, we went out for Sunday. You know, I had a glass of champagne. But it's a weird one because as much as you're celebrating, somebody else is probably laying flowers at a grave and that's quite oh, a hard thing yeah. to do so yeah it's a bit of an up and down day I mean I went to work this year that was fun <laughs> <laughs> it always is <laughs> it was good but yeah no it, it is like it's it's an achievement it's got to be acknowledged and yeah but it's at the same time it's uh, I suppose a day to reflect and be respectful for Fair the one that yeah saved my life basically I'm sorry Andy what were you going to say I cut you off um I, I can't remember now, mate. I think it was uh, something along the lines of, um, you know, is there a period, you know, after it's been done where, you know, say after the first 18 months is is your most, you know, vulnerable point or something where the organ may be rejected or, you know, kind of once you get past that point are things generally more in the clear? Is is there anything like that with a heart I'm transplant? On, I'm on uh, immunosuppressant drugs. Mm-hmm. I have to take every 12 hours for the rest of my life. Okay. And it's to stop the excuse me. <coughs> is to stop the body doing what's natural instinct is to reject, to, to, to reject yeah. it and destroy it. it. It's a foreign object. Shit, we need to get rid of this. So it's to stop the body doing that. Okay. So yeah, the first period because you're on a huge dosage, mm-hmm. like huge, huge dosage of this medication, and it, it plays havoc with your body. Like uh, it really does. Some of the side effects are quite nasty. Um, just to kind of start with and. You know, just to get it used to, um, but it kind of pan. It does. It levels out, and you know there is that period. The first, yeah, probably six months. You come to hospital. You know they give you guidance. It's like almost like you get a, la- a little manual, basically, like a little transplant manual. Mm-hmm. It tells you the do's and don'ts of being a transplantee. And <laughs> <laughs> it's like transplant recipient. Don't go here. Don't do this. Do <laughs> You know, don't eat this. Don't eat that. It's quite mad. I just picture one of those Simpsons videos. Hi, I'm Troy McClure, <laughs> and this yeah. is what you don't want to do with your new heart. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, like the first first few months in particular, it's like don't use public transport. Don't go to like football matches. 
don't go to shopping centres, like high populated areas where you could potentially pick a bug up because okay, that can right. be bacteria risks yeah, and that kind of thing. It yeah. can be fatal, but yeah, as you become more accustomed to the drugs and you build up that resilience, mm. it becomes it's not bad. So, just my last question, uh, just just directly to you about it, um, would be then with that. Uh, I, I don't know how you would best phrase it. It's um, obviously you've got you can't do anything, you know, say like football match and that. So, so does it have like a big impact on your immune system to begin with? Yeah, and your sort of central nervous system, and then after a while, those things start to sort of replenish back to their kind of normal level, sort of stability. Yeah, they kind of... I don't really know the medical jargon that you nah, use, but... No, your body, like you said, your body will never fully accept the organ, mm -hmm. but becomes, you know, become, I suppose, more friends. Mm -hmm. You know, ah, this guy's been hanging around for a while, okay, he's not that bad. Mm -hmm. But you still need to keep it at bay, but you, yeah, you build up a bit more of a, a... Yeah, your immune system comes back up. They reduce the medication that's suppressing that, mm -hmm. so you have a stronger immune system. Yeah. So you can deal with things a little bit yeah. more. So you've got the resistance. Yeah, there to resistance. Deal with the common yeah. bugs and viruses without it meaning that. Still got to be careful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still got to be careful. Yeah. Um, how does that just in your just and this will be my last question. No, how, no, does no, that, no. how does that apply then in your current form of work? Because obviously then you work in an office. Mm -hmm. That place, you know, there must be a good few thousand staff <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that gap. Yeah, yeah. So how does that then affect you on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, it's, it's better than my previous job role because I'm not outside, I'm not in the cold. Right, okay. Um, it's kind of like I'm in an office with, well, I mean, we've got quite a, a reasonably small team where we are. Yeah. Um, so I kind of know if, if somebody's ill, I'm going to stay a further away from them. Yeah. I'm going to make sure if I'm going at a point where they've been, mm -hmm. I'm wiping down my desk after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just resilience. Yes, yeah, the kitchen. <laughs> it's just about like, I suppose, yeah, it's just resilience and I and just being clever. Um, friends and family, you know, if, if I come to visit or, you know, um, I've got something arranged, I can't, I've got a chest infection. Right, stay the fuck away from me then because yeah. that is, that, like all joking aside, it could kill me. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it no. could kill me. I've had pneumonia four times on sepsis since my transplant and yeah incredibly incredibly dangerous sepsis near us wiped me out yeah so and it's yeah it's just being resilient and being aware to the people that are around you yeah so uh, the sepsis is another one that's that, that's actually what that's actually what got my dad in the end it was never the cancer or anything like that it was sepsis or yeah. liver that's yeah. what got his him. immune system yeah. would have been down yeah yeah that's what got him in the end it wasn't the one cancer like. or anything like that it was sepsis or his liver so again I'm not wanting to get too morbid or anything like no, that no. but Ali I just want to say Thank you very much no, for, like, for coming on to talk about it, man. That was that was awesome. Super, super that was engaging, awesome. man. Like, I just got so much respect for everything that you've been through, man. I just, I can't even begin to imagine how some of that is to to deal with and cope with. You know, not just on a physical level, but mentally and emotionally, and your family and all as well. Big up to you, man. No, like, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Like I said, I wanted to come along for a while. Big fan of the show, so no, I appreciate you guys having me along. Yeah, you ready wanna... for some uh, broad nose of that then, okay, eh? right. <laughs> you would hang around and shoot the shit with us for a little bit? Hell yeah. Uh, before we get into broad nose, apologies are in order to a listener of ours, PJ McKinnon out of Canada. Why? Just because he was, uh, was it, it was you and Jordan, I think, that you guys were saying that and you couldn't picture uh, Alana yelling at their, their sons. So no, I, it was me, it was it me. Was you. No, no, I never said that. I said, I never said anything about our sons. On the podcast, I said... I just had this impression of Alana. She's so nice. I just couldn't ever imagine her going mad. Yes, okay. Just couldn't imagine her like raising her voice and going mental. Well, me being a, a father and going mental daily, because I have two daughters, <laughs> um, 
I, I, as a joke in our group chat, I said uh, to PJ, this is your mission if you choose to accept it. The boys don't think Alada has an inner, has an inner to go off. Your mission is to capture some audio or video of her yelling at her kids, to, <laughs> at your kids to prove them wrong. Mm. So um, he wrote, holy shit, boys, I'd get killed if I did that. <laughs> so I didn't want to put him in the bad books. I'm glad he didn't do it. Um, and Alana, if you are listening to this, you're, your husband's a, he's a keeper. And if, can I uh, just also say I wasn't around when this was being plotted. I was actually <laughs> away working or I would have shot that down in an instant. No. That was one of the few times I contributed to that one. So Slave Jordan, he's not here to defend himself. I know. Uh, PJ's PJ's the fucking man. PJ is our boy. Uh PJ's great. You know what else is great? Braun, huh? Oh! <laughs> oh! Right, so we're getting, just before we go into the bra and oz, Ali's just asked me, would I wear a Dundee top for a thousand pound cash? Right, I know, there, there was a story behind that, right? Right. So, guy my work, he was laughing about the sort of rivalry between Rangers and Celtic, like me being a Rangers fan, and he said, would you ever wear a Celtic top? This is not for fucking love nor money. Wouldn't he do it? And he's like, 500 quid. I was like, nah. He's like, I will give you a grand in cash if you come to work on Friday with a Celtic top on. This is not going to fucking happen. And he's like, I didn't get that. Really? But I didn't get a, it either. <laughs> as a football fan, he just because he, he's not a football fan, he didn't get it. But so yeah, Andy, as a Dundee United fan, would you wear a Dundee top for cash? Would I fuck? <laughs> there you go. Really? Oh, get fu- the fuck out of here! I'd wear Cowboys head to toe. Uh, giant, the Giants rivals. If I, uh, you're not a real fan then. Oh, I'm a big fan. Nah, fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Can he do it? But he just couldn't get his head around it. So wearing there's a good bra or not to get started off with. Wearing your bitter rivals uh, sporting jersey for money, bra or not? The answer for me is no. Straight up fucking no. No chance. Uh for, for money, depending uh, yeah, I would do it for money. You're a fucking but seller. T- time, out, time out. Time <laughs> out. You're right. Time out. I wouldn't like I wouldn't wear like a cowboy's hat just like if I had a it was matching my outfit or something. I wouldn't do that. But if you want to give me cash for it, I'd wear it nah, for fuck a that, fucking man. year. Sell it. <laughs> we had asked one of the managers at that place what can't be named. <laughs> that shall not be named. <laughs> they shall not be named. And he said the exact same. It's the exact same thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't do it. No, nah, you He's can't a big be. Villa fan. And he was like, I was like, would you wear a Birmingham? Villa. He's like, he's oh, like, okay. nah. He's like, not a fucking chance. He's like, I couldn't live it down. Nah. I could be disowned. Nah, because I know somebody, some smart wee bastard somewhere would take a photo of it, it'd be on social media, it would be Fuck used media. against me as blackmail <laughs> forever. Nah, and like a Dundee top. Mind you, a Dundee top, you could probably get one of them for about three quid, couldn't you? So <laughs> The podcast would pop off and then Dundee would invite you down and then they'd be like, wait a minute, what's this photo? <laughs> Fuck that. Players Day. Yeah. Get him off the field! <laughs> or St. Johnson. Oh, God. Oh. I, don't, I don't know what would be worse. Somebody putting a St. Johnson top on or a or the farmer's shed. <laughs> don't know what's the farmer's at St. Johnson. A chicken. <laughs> right, we're ready to get in about it. Yeah, let's do it. In about it like let's a dumb eating beetroot. Right. Oh, my goodness. First up, Sean Gray. Shout out to Sean Gray. People calling, drinking. The sesh. Bra or no? Mm. He says it's a no. Uh, Al, you can go first, guy. Oh. Out on the sesh? Out of the sesh, I'm too old for that shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I think there's got to be a fucking age limit on that. This is like the Elder Statesman show, by is the it, way. That's right. Everyone's over. Uh, is Jordan, Jordan's not uh, 30 yet, is he? He acts like he's about Jordan's 70. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's got the immune system of a 30 year old. I'm sorry, I'm older than 30 year old. Uh, uh, it's, it's enough for me. No? No. 
Love a sesh. You love a yeah. sesh? Oh, it's a sesh. Man, you're out in the sesh. That doesn't, you know... Mind you, I wouldn't call going out drinking the sesh. I would call it going on the sesh when it's drinking and everybody else is up to all sorts of other stuff. <laughs> Either that, I'm just out drinking. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Ali. Wow, Mike, that's fucking bright. I was blinded, I guess. I uh, I'm going to go... No, I don't like... I, I may say it, I don't like it. And I hate when people, like... Use the sesh in like different words, like uh, sessuary, you know what I mean? Sessuary 13th, we're going out. No, we're going out drinking. Who says that? A lot of people do. Yeah. Sessasaurus Rex? <laughs> no, Sessasaurus Rex, no. Oh, no. No for me. That's a no. It's a no. That's the, as bad as the Archbishop of Banterbury. Oh, that I hate kind of that. Shit. I like, hate that. And you're getting choked out. Right, uh, here's one Craig uh, McCaffrey. Uh, it says, folk going to gigs and treating it like a social catch-up. <laughs> Had to move twice last night because of folk chatting. Expensive £50 way to catch up with your mates. So, bra or not, going to gigs and standing around people who are all just chatting and uh, socialising. Oh, sorry, I keep well, blinding Mike, you. What's going on, man? <laughs> because, I got weird thumbs. Because remember... <laughs> Getting hold of that fucking torch. Because uh, obviously in Craig's eyes, you're not allowed to go out and socialize and have a good time. So, <laughs> well, well, my view on this is this: I understand there's people that maybe it's a band that you're going to see with some friends <coughs> that you listened to when you were younger, and then you're going to see these people that you may have not seen for a while. You may have want to have a conversation. Yeah. Plus, bands like to do that shit where they go and you want to go he hear them play the hits, and then they go, "Here's a little something from our new album on our B side," and you're like, "Oh, here we go." And if you want to go have a conversation. Have a conversation, but why don't you go take that shit to the bar? Don't don't do it over here. Don't yeah. do it in the crowd. Do it someplace not near that. And then when your song that you like comes on, come back, dance, and and sing with the rest of the people. So I'm gonna say no. Ellie. No, I'm gonna say no as well. No, uh, I, I know I was taking the piss, but I'm totally with Craig on that one. That's just fucking annoys the fuck out of me, man. So he said you paid a lot of money to go and see a band. Watch the fucking band. Mind yeah. you, Have a catch up in the booze after. Mind you, I do, I do. I'm quite interested to know what kind of gig that he was at because yeah. normally when you go to a gig, it's going to be absolutely pelters about 120 dB. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a jet taking off next to you. You're not going to hay really that much chat. No. So maybe he was away a wee acoustic folk night or a wee <laughs> classical, you know, a wee classical night or something. So Craig, would be interested to find out what the gig was you were at, mate. A pianist on stage. So someone's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, so yeah, I think that's uh, in the knobbin. Yeah, knobbin. Resounding knobbin. Uh, next up, Gaza Monroe. Shout out Gaza. 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 I love the fact that Night and Day podcasts are calling him Gaza Monroe as well. Now. Yeah. Shout out Gary Monroe. Gary Monroe. Uh, he says that Hibs <laughs> away goalkeeper kit. I haven't seen it. i got to pull it up. Is this uh, a luminous yellow one? I, I, I think that's Hibs in general to. are fucking awful. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Gary's also got a top three as well to go in the top three bin. Okay. Uh, just FYI, it's best and worst. Top three best or worst football kits. So is that it? Mm. That's luminous yellow. That's that's just their away that's top. I think in general, top. it's oh. the goalie top. Hibs away. Did they have it on at the weekend? I'm not sure. Hibs away goalie. Hold on, I'll find it. Goalie. Gary, we're gonna find this for you. See, well, oh uh, yeah. Oh, that's hot. I like that. Nah, you get a pair of sneakers to match that. You're you're, you're rolling. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> Gary, what's wrong with you? Stop being a crabby asshole, Gary. <laughs> so uh, he's never he never said if it was bra or not. But oh, okay, all right. I, I think it's bra. Yeah, Sorry for calling you a crabby bra. asshole, Gary. I didn't mean that. Is that in the brawl of fame? Uh, brawl of fame. Let's I'd say it. no, just because anything to do with hips shouldn't be fucking allowed. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Ali's a Rangers supporter if you missed that in the, on the Plastic fucking yeah. Tims. <laughs> Lewis Jackson, Brorno, the grill. The grill the grill was one of the places I was told to stay away from when I first moved here. The grill and B bar. Bra from me. Really? Oh, how many great nights are there, man? Don't know, mate. I think you've been there. Nah. nah. I'm, new, I'm only just back in Perth, mate. Oh, been okay. away for 10 years. It used to be Cheeky Monkeys back in the day. Is Ooh. it Cutlog Venal or Flesher's Venal, the one just on South Street? Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. You know, yeah. it's up the bat. Looks rough. I've been, I've been in there. I've been in there, but. I think I've been in there. I've. I worked in there for Aye, a few months, man. Yeah. Good. Oh, is fucking it? brilliant, man. What yeah. a night. You Go with bro. 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 That's a bra for me. I'm going to say bra. I haven't had any issues there. Some rough people standing outside every now and then, but that makes the pub. It gives a character. Oh, here's a good one. So, again, Lewis never said whether he thought it was bra or not, but uh, he's a listener of the show. He's bound to think it's bra. So. Uh-uh. Uh, next one, Brian Howie, bra or not? This is one that grinds my gears a wee bit. Grinds my gears. Facebook birthday fundraising. For uh, my birthday, could you donate to... Hey, when did this become a thing? I don't now, know. Brian says, I wouldn't even be buying you a fucking present, so don't try and guilt <laughs> me into donating to little Amy's need for a mobility chair. Uh, no. Harsh, <laughs> but fair. No, um, do you know what? Like, There's ways to go about and do it, but don't guilt trip somebody saying, oh, it's my birthday, Aye. and you need to, instead of giving me a present... Like... If it was a family member, like my mom was like, "What do you want for your birthday, mom?" She's like, "I'd love it if you gave a hundred pound to the hospice for this, or yeah. hundred pound for that." Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But just like going on your Facebook, like, "Hey guys, it's my birthday. I think you should all donate something." There was a guy on my Facebook that did that other day, and I was like, "Nah, mate, nah, no. I'm not having it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but nah." Like I said, I wasn't going to give fuck all anyway, so nah. <laughs> uh, I'm all up for giving to charity, by the way, but I think that's just I, nah. I don't know when that became a thing. Mark Miller on the check-in, he says, agreed. I assume he means he's not donating to anyone on Facebook as we use Facebook to broadcast this. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say no. I'm not donating to anybody. Nobody I know. No. Yeah, I think I made my feelings clear on charity last week as well. <laughs> um, so no. charity starts at home. That's a no, right? Big Ralph Rogalski. Ralphie Roggs, who says he's watching. I don't know if he's still on. Is he still, still there? there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he is watching. Ralph, this one's for you, bro. Uh, so, Ralph's got folk wearing Peaky Blinder-esque clothes in real life. I saw Sally. Yes! I've been fucking done. <laughs> I wore one. I wore one yesterday, too. I wore my uh, my. I wore one. this purely because I was cold. That <laughs> was it. Now Ralph is, Ralph is attacking your character now. Well, Thanks a lot, Ralph. No, I mean, I'm not going full clobber. I know what he means. Trench coat. Aye, nah. Pocket knife. There's nothing wrong with the hats. I think the hats are dope. I love I told him that it was nice when we first started. Ralph's got here. He says, I'm a no. I didn't mind a wee flat cap, but the whole get up with the bar tight tweed ahin, costume pocket watch, and winkle picker boots combined with the bare ankles, overgroomed beard, and handlebar tash, and half a haircut, with (laughs) or without the big daft bonnet, is just a hop, skip, and a massive dirty jump too far in my book. If you're going to rewind the clock of fashion, just rock it back a wee bit to the days of bold, coloured, button-down collar, Ben Sherman shirts, hmm. loose-fitting, but not boot-cut jeans, and cat boots high! Cat, cat boots? boots high! Oh, cat boots, okay, I know what you mean. <laughs> so I think he's wanting to take it back to about 1998 or something like that, <laughs> yeah, when Ben bitch. Sherman was fucking, when I was about 15, Ben Sherman was... Ralph stuck in the 1980s, days. is that yep. what we're saying? Uh, 1990s, I mean? 
I remember saying that and then coming Ben Sherman shorty was just looking boss as fuck Aye and then coming home my dad was like Ben Sherman fuck we used to wear them back in the 70s and that age hey, you think that's Things just come round man yeah. eh? Just keep going round so well, what goes up must come down. So, um, so I guess if you hang in there, Ralph, then uh, he'll be come back. back. Ben Sherman's will be he'll back. He'll come back. I like a Ben Sherman. Fucking seemingly like, like, fucking Alessi and all that kind of shit. It's just come back. It's a thing. I've, see, I've when, died for fucking years and then came back. See, when I was at the school, man, if you got caught cotton about in fucking Kappas or fucking Alessis or anything like that, man, you're getting barred. <laughs> <Nowadays, laughs> Why? Like, because that's what fucking other minks were, right? <laughs> and then, like, these days, it's fucking trendy. As, it's, all, it's all trendy as fuck, man. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say bra because Ralph paid for the stag do. So I'm going to agree with him. Bra. <laughs> uh, bye, bro. Yeah. I think that is all of our bra noz for tonight, gentlemen. Is that L- it? Let me just double check. I think that is us out. Oh, there may have been one on the list. Oh, no, there wasn't. Yeah. No, there wasn't on the list. Yeah. Oh, no, no, there's Chris's ones as well. Sorry. So he's got cold takeaway pizza for breakfast. He says, no for me, fire it in the oven or the microwave. Um, It depends. If it's not from, like, a chain, fire it in the microwave or in the oven, yeah. Sprinkle a little water on it, put it in the microwave. It'll get it nice. But like if it's Domino's or something and it's a piece of shit pizza, yeah, just just eat it cold. I eat anything, man. Yeah, I, I'd quite happily eat cold pizza for breakfast. Like, yeah. I didn't bother warming up. Hey, nah. Matt. You can't be putting pizza in the microwave. Microwaves uh, are only good for warming up one thing, what's and that? that is lasagna. Yeah, you yeah. cannot fuck up lasagna warming it up in a micro. But a pizza shit just gets nuclear a in the microwave though. Hell yeah, just so gets floppy. <laughs> and then the problem is, then you put it back in the oven. It ends up it dries out dry. tomato sauce and it's just yeah. like eating a fucking lump of bread, man. You do about a dry pizza. It's not good. Cold takeaway pizza. Bro, I'll go bro. For breakfast. Nah, I'm gonna go with Chris. Nah, I'm not gonna waste my time. Mark Miller says Andy Mac cheers for the like on my photography page. Nay no worries, mate. You want yeah. to take any pictures? There's a model right here. Like. <laughs> right, next one. Folk having a full blown conversation on the phone whilst in the shitter. Nah. Proper fucking rank. Nah, mate. Definitely fucking. Nah, rank. that's not. You can look. You can read on your phone if you want. There, just be quiet. I don't want to hear anything from the store next to me. No. Nothing. I don't want to even hear it. Definitely not. Water. No. Get in the store next to me. I always see people grunting that way. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh come on, really? get it. To, get your shit together. There's some nasty sounds coming out of that yeah. toilet. Work, mate. They're rank. I'll they're agree they're with horrible. That, like, <laughs> I'll agree with you on that one. That is fucking rotten. Some of the sounds come out of that. I think I touched on that weeks ago. You guys was working at that. That hellhole establishment uh, was that uh, people who would go for a shit at quarter past eight in the morning. I was yeah. like, bro, you, you just got here ten minutes ago. Do you know, go for a fucking shit before you left the house. Get your clock right. You fat fuck. Sort yourself out, man. <laughs> right. You also left us a top three for future episodes, which was what are your boys' top three monkey sword fight episodes? So we'll put that one in the back. This is definitely one of them. And, this is definitely uh, one. Of them. We will. Uh, Even though Jordan's not here, but that's why it's going to be number one. Definitely one about shitting stories. Shitting stories. Yeah. Uh, Who's had to sh- you had to drive home. Oh! oh I was <laughs> crying listening to that, mate. Crying listening to that one. I, I actually had that because Jordan said he was sick. Um, well, we can maybe we save that for when Jordan comes back then. Well, yeah, that up. one has to go in the bank because this week's top three was... Uh, what was it again? It was from last week. It was uh, Ian's one, wasn't it? Uh, was the WWE one, wasn't it? No. Um, it wasn't. Top three people you wish to take to the pub? Or did we do that? No, yeah, yeah, no, I, no, yeah, well, yeah. I'm uh, not sure. I, no, I think it was that. What was the one that Ian emailed in? 
Ian. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah uh, it was the one from last week, and then we got Nate to decide which one he wanted to do. Uh, so I think it was in top three people you would invite for a pint or a meal or something. Is that not it? Yeah, I'm looking for it right now. Yeah, top three, top famous, top three famous people you wish you could take to the pub. Ooh, brilliant. Cool. Shall we get in it? Dive in. Let's do it. Uh, Ali, Ali, kick oh, off. Boot it off. Billy Conley. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's hilarious. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah, yeah, he'd be a good laugh. You'd learn something too there with him, I think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Uh, I suppose you've got to be somebody like, you may go with somebody from the past, you know what I mean? Something that you could really learn from, but uh, uh, Billy Conley. Ali McCoy's just because again be a good fucking night out. Thank you. See a Super Ali be full of good stories. Wow, mate. We need to get bitch slapped. Like seriously, I think Super Ali would be a he'd be a good night out. Who the fuck else? Look at me, you're a fan of Super Ali as well as a Rangers fan. Hey? Yeah, mm. you love it, mate. You love it. No, I don't. Third person. He's a good guy though. Nah, he is. He's, a good He's somebody you just want to hear a decent night out about. So yeah, Billy Conley, Ali McCoy. Who else? There's so many, so many choices. So many choices. They could be dead or alive. Just any. I'm just in anybody. It's just a famous. Didn't really specify, but Muhammad Ali. There you go. Yeah. He didn't you drink. Want folk, you want to know? You to drink. Now nah, you want to go with folk that are going to get you stories. You know, I me mean? entertain you. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think it was like Ali Mac. Uh, Ali Mac. Andy Mac. Ooh. Um. I think. Uh, I probably want to go with uh, Mike Tyson would be one because I always liked Iron Mike, man. Um, they'd be an interesting dude. I'd love to go for a pint with somebody like Frank Zappa. I think that would be just amazing. And last would be Keith Richards, mate. You should wow. go out on the fucking sesh with Big Keith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, You're not coming back for that, mate. We're not going to do that. We're going You're not coming back for that one, though. That man he's older than me and he's in a lot worse nick than me. I think he's medically right. tested on because that guy should not be alive. What a legend he is. Oh, definitely. Viking blood. Tiger blood. Um, <coughs> first one would be Michael Jordan. Love Michael Jordan. Wow. Huge fan of Michael Jordan. Choice. He loves a he loves a drink too. He likes uh likes some Love wine. Him in Space Jam. He's got <laughs> he's got his own tequila too, I think. Really? Yeah. I think he invested in a in a tequila company. So I know he likes his booze and his cigars. Um Maybe I think Jay Z as well. If I were to sit down with Jay Z for a while, I think he'd be good to hang out with. I think somebody else that would be some, someone you can learn from a little bit. Um, from what I hear, he likes to drink. I heard he likes to drink on stage, maybe too much, like occasionally. Um, and the third, uh, I'm trying to think who. I'm trying to think of an actor that I would want to sit down that likes to. Arnie. Nah, I don't know about Arnie. <laughs> maybe Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock would be good to hang out with. He he'd make you laugh, and there's somebody else you also you learn from. I think you plow through that. That was quick. Mm. That was an easy top three this week. Yes, that was. Um, should we wrap it up? Should we put it in the bag? Oh shit! I've not got any sports, and I've not watched or listened to anything this week because I've just been working, literally like fucking eighteen hour days, man. Um, Al, do you have anything actually that you've been watching or listening to? What have you? Started watching Titans the other day. Okay. On Netflix. It's alright, like. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of enjoying it. I didn't really know what to make of it. What's that about? First, 
Uh, it's based around uh, Robin is split from Batman. Yeah. He's now a detective in a different city, and he's helping out this like crazy ass kid that's got mental powers. Is that not the one that either Jordan or Nate talked about last week? Um, yes, I think so. Maybe I think Jordan it, did. Yeah, this rings a bell, actually, yeah. Yeah, because he was saying, like, Robin was, like, in this town, and folk were, like, wait, starting on the like, ah, fuck you, Robin, where's Batman? And then he, like, beat them up. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit... <laughs> what, are you, Something like that. Have you, have you seen Watchmen? No. Oh, oh yeah, you don't watch films. No. <laughs> <laughs> well remembered. <laughs> uh, if anybody's watched Watchmen, it's like that. It's quite dark, it's quite gritty, uh-huh. but the costumes are quite full-on mm-hmm. and very comic book-esque. What makes it look a bit mental, but yeah, it's it's decent. Like I'm kind of getting into that. Um, that's about it. Any music? I know you like a lot the odd hip hop. Yeah, an album I'm still listening to that. I was told you about a wee while ago. A guy called Guilty Simpson. Okay. Uh, it's called Dice. Quality. He's, you know what the album? Yeah, on I about? know exactly what you're on. Uh, Guilty Simpson. The yeah, good Homer's cousin. There's a track on it called Potatoes. Oh. It samples a tune in the back of it, and it's fucking brilliant. It's, I love it. Listening to that and loop. Yeah, my mate put me onto that. Uh, I think it's, it's from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, solid, solid album. Like, really enjoy it. Not a, I don't think there's a bad track on it. A new Ice Cube album as well. Not bad. Mm-hmm. No, you like it. Yeah, yeah, got mixed reviews here. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. It's got a decent... It's kind of standard Cube stuff, but yeah, he's, he just seems quite angry. Just, to, you know, about Everything. America, yeah. Yeah. Just angry. Nobody wants to hear. Everyone's angry about America. I don't want yeah. to hear about that. It's still a decent enough album, but yeah, Gilly Simpson one, I'm really, really enjoying like a class MC man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely top, top class. And he's quite an underground guy as well. Like he's not super mainstream or anything mm. like that, but he has just ticked along underneath the radar of some of the sort of the the bigger sharks and in the independent sort of scene, if you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think he was at Boom Bap when I was playing there in 2015. I'm sure he was. He was there, like Earl Sweatshirt and all those those kind of guys as well. But yeah, no, good shout, man. No, it's a decent album. Like I said, my mate puts, stuff. puts me on his stuff with this. And uh, yeah, no, decent album from start to finish. Like, sure. did enjoy it. Give that a listen, Mike. All right, all right, I'll do it. Mike, uh, my beat tape's on Tidal now. No excuses. Is it? I'm diving in. <laughs> there was I told you, what was the one I said I was going to write to? One of them was so... So fucking gets in your head. I can't stop my neck from moving when I listen to it. I only remembered that because about 20 minutes before I came out, I got the email from DistroKid. Yeah. So while it's been on Spotify and every other digital retailer for about two and a half weeks, yeah. only today, about two and a half hours ago, <laughs> did finally did Jay-Z say, all right, man, we're going to let this one go. Yeah, <laughs> Andy Mack. Yeah, we'll put him on my yeah. label. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to, I've been watching, actually, the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Ooh, well, that's a He was a fucking crazy, crazy man, like, there's out a, of control. Very, very good. There's a film coming out as well. There is, with Zac, Zac Efron. Efron. Zac Efron gets his t-shirt off, so. It, well, they've, cr- they've criticized already. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen this? Like, you're excited about that. Oh, who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've criticized this already though. Yeah, because they kind of make light of it. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he, because of Zach Efron, he's taking his shirt off. That he's giving the film sex appeal, oh. and therefore he's sexing up Ted Bundy, who was a psycho. T- Ted Bundy doesn't need Zach Efron's sex appeal. Ted Bundy was one of the most charming, manipulative he was. men you could any woman could ever have met. He doesn't need sex appeal from fucking anybody because he got them all home. People get offended, don't they? Oh, <laughs> but, but listen to what they're saying. They're giving the film sex appeal. Ted Bundy was 
an incredibly good-looking guy. He was charming. Yeah. He was intelligent. He was. He spoke well. Exactly. Articulate. You know, he didn't. Need... He used it to his advantage. Yeah, he yeah. did yeah. exactly. He doesn't. He was already. That makes me angry hearing that. That just annoys <laughs> me, man. Yeah, sorry that's for what his whole you. game was about. Was about fucking sex appeal to women. To be able to I chat them up and then fucking get them home and murder them. Well, they, but, I feel I'm upset, Andy. No, but if you if you <laughs> if you actually watch the documentary, he does kind of look like Zac Efron too. So it works. It, it actually yeah, yeah. works. So um, we I forgot did. Ted Bundy never top take, took off his top in real life, did he? Never. No, he never. Never. Did. never ever did. <laughs> Always did it with his shirt on. <laughs> Always he murdered and, and killed. With um, we talked about the fire festival doc last week, didn't we? Wow. Yes, I watched that. How crazy was that? What the fuck? <laughs> It was just insane to watch these people just swindle all these rich kids out of their money. Out of their money. It was so, so crazy. I'm sorry, but the that. guy that had to go to customs. Yes. I went home and I used mouth. What was that about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's trying to get the job done. Got to get the job done. Um, very, very good. Highly yes. recommend that. That was very funny. Um, it was crazy how the guy got out of jail and he was like still hustling. Yes. I was like, yo, he's a hustler until he dies. Like, exactly. He's, I think he's, he's still hustling in jail. Uh, imagine he is. I bet when he comes out, he's going to write a book and he's going to be a millionaire in a minute. But anyway. Um, also, um, it's not out yet, but I saw a trailer for it. I posted on the page. Wu-Tang Clan is coming out with a documentary. Someone's doing mm. a documentary on Wu-Tang Clan this, yeah. called Wu-Tang Clan of Mikes and Men. It looks fantastic. And me being from Staten Island, I need to watch it and promote it. So. Is it going to be on Netflix? Uh, no, it's going to be on Showtime, but I'm going to find a link. I'll definitely find the link and I'll share it for you guys illegally. So Decent. Yeah. Uh, hey, worth, well, no, definitely worth a watch. Like, but yeah, that fire Festival thing was fucking nuts. Yeah, it was good. Jarrell just looked like a fucking dumbass. Like, he, uh, he did. He got done. And him being, he's on Twitter trying to like beg for like sympathy from all these people and we're like, Ja, you still got millions. There's people down there mm. who didn't get paid and, you know, struggling. That lady gave away, what, $50,000 of her own money to feed all those people. There's been a crowdfund page for her. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Just yeah, to give her money back. back. So, I mean, that was like a Hunger Games, that shit. Like, it was brutal. Yeah, that was good to watch. So yeah. Check those out. Um, Is that us? We'll, we'll, do, we'll, touch, we'll do sports. Because we're running kind of long now. We'll do sports next week after the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll have more to talk got, about. We've got a post Super Bowl show coming up, so yeah, we'll save that for then. I think. Uh, before we wrap up, Fair City Jiu Jitsu sponsors of today's show. Press Shire's only dedicated Brazilian Jiu Jitsu tra- training facility offers classes suitable for experience levels. All experience levels, excuse me, seven days a week. Everyone's welcome. Come in, get fit, enjoy being part of a team, and learn something new. And the first session is for free. Uh, the first class, the basics class, is designed to give newcomers to the sport a smoother start. And they'll be looking at terminology, key concepts, and the most common positions in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, as well as fundamental movements required for uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So give them a shout on Facebook. Look for Fair City Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Please check them out if you want to start something new. I am Mike Dots. <laughs> so you are, yeah. I am on Twitter at <laughs> underscore M Dots. Why, why are you fucking up my, uh, my outro? No, no, it's just, it's just <laughs> the way you just like stop there and you're just like, I'm Mike Dots. I was, I was leaving a dramatic <laughs> pause. It's so awkward without Jordan here. It is so Because he just talks shit, I've noticed. Like, he's just too like, much. He's yeah. a shit talker, so yeah. it's hard. So Jordan, please get back soon. Put a Band-Aid on something and get back in here. Uh, but anyway, I am Mike Dots at underscore M Dots on Twitter. Please send me a tweet and let me know what you think of our performance without Jordan. Let us know what you think about Ali, uh, good or bad. 
No, I'm joking. <laughs> Let us know what you think about Allie uh, and, and everything. Tell us some stories about any transplants or anything you guys want to give in your socials. Yeah, you know where to find me at, Mac Capella. <clears throat> On Twitter, uh, MSF Podcast. MSF underscore podcast. MSF underscore podcast. I should know this stuff by now. You should know this, Mike. Um, Instagram, Monkey Sword Fight Podcast. Twitter, MSF at MSF underscore podcast. Email address, Monkey Sword Fight Podcast at gmail.com. Is that it? Are we peacing out? Kind of if you want to. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye.